Welcome everybody to the RF Generation Collector Cast. Welcome back, guys. It's been a little while. It has been. Bill, it's good to see you. Thanks. Krabby. Meta- metaphorically no, speaking. No, hey, yes. I can. St- you don't know where I am, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> you just think I'm in Indiana. It's great Wi-Fi in this tree. <laughs> I've got I've got secret cameras. Krabby. Hello. Hey, hey, how's it going? Hey. Awesome. Great to talk really to you guys. Good. Now, um, I've been getting some feedback from some of our listeners that they enjoy the the just general conversation stuff sometimes that I hide in the end. So uh, we're just going to open things up a little bit more. So, Krabby, you were talking about your show, and you're going to get, I think, a board game or something. So I'm going to go sleep. You guys talk about a board game or something. <laughs> so go ahead. Well, I had just inquired. Uh, uh, Krabby has, uh, has been uh, more than dabbling. He's been playing a lot more tabletop uh than he ever has before. Um, weekly, he's playing like a gamer, a new game or two a week. It's very exciting time for me because I normally don't have anyone to, to talk to about yeah. tabletop stuff. So I was just asking if he's, I played a new game, uh, for the first time a few weeks ago called Takenoko. And I was asking Krabby if he's played it yet. Is that like, that's Cap- the, the pandas with the bamboo, right? The panda with the bamboo. Is that like yes. Capcom versus Tatsunoko? Exactly. <laughs> yes. It is Ryu and what's the girl, the school girl is in it. <laughs> I don't know her name. She's got like a blue skirt and a white. Sakura. Yes, Sakura. So she's in it. So, so okay, <laughs> here's the game in a nutshell. It has hexes, so it has to be good. So the overall plot of the game is the emperor has this garden that you've been kind of like uh, tasked with, uh, you know, making the best garden that you can make it. Um, and every, every one of the players is a different, uh, kind of like overseer of this garden. So you start out with a single hex in the begin in the middle of the board, which is like the oasis. It's what provides water to the rest of the garden. And then when it's your turn, you have a couple of different choices of things you can do. One of the things you can do is place, uh, a, another hex of land, um, to expand the garden. And the oasis will water anything that's near it. So once it's time for things to grow, things will grow there. But you also have these water sticks. It's one of the other things you can do. You can take water from the oasis and lead it out to further hexes, again, to make things grow. One of the other things you can do is make is take this. There's a single panda and a single gardener on the board at, any, at the whole game. So one of the things you can do as a player is move the panda and the panda will eat the bamboo. Oh, sorry, let's do the other way. You can move the gardener. <laughs> the gardener will grow things on a hex. And if there's like water to adjacent hexes, it grows there too, or like the same color or something. Now the panda, he eats the bamboo. Now everyone has three or four or five. I forget what the, the max cards is a hand of cards that has a secret objective. It might be, you know, you have to have, uh, you know, three stacks of, you know, yellow bamboo and three stacks of blue bamboo. So, on top of like just trying to like build the garden up, you're also everyone has this like secret hand of objectives. It's just so cool and simple. So at the beginning of every round, you roll a die, and there's uh, six different like uh, kind of benefits. So whatever that die says, it's like okay, regular rules plus that benefit. And so you either you know you place some land, you you know you expand your your garden. Um, I just bumped into my desk there. Sorry. Uh, it's just really, really cool. And there's this cute little panda and he's eating the bamboo that you're trying to grow. Uh, really, really fast, easy game. Uh, 
played with three people. It took us less than like 35 minutes and everybody wanted to play it again when it was done. A very popular game too. So I was just curious if uh, Krabby had played it and he hadn't yet. I haven't, but I have been in the room with people playing it while I was playing another game and we finished ours and they started another one. So I got to watch most of it. Mm. And I agree with everything you said. It looks awesome, really fun, and it's pretty cheap too. I'm I'm yeah. excited to to add it to our collection. I think my son will really like it too. Yeah, very very cool. Um, it's uh, I think it retails for fifty. You can find it online for less than thirty five. Um, so yeah, definitely a cool game. Great art. Did you on Thursday? I just played Lords of Waterdeep for the first time, and that is one of my favorite new games that I played. You okay, done that so, one? So yeah, Lord, I used to own Lords of Waterdeep. And I sold it because a friend of mine has it. So there's no reason. And he was the only friend who wanted to play it ever. So right. I sold my copy because I didn't need to own it. Um, I am L- now that friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Lords of Waterdeep, um, it, it's, it's, uh, it's good and bad for me. It's a, it like, like any game in the world, it depends on the group you're playing with. Because totally. if people are playing like jerks, you're like, I don't want to play the, this game with that person because that guy's a oh, jerk. Th- you're supposed to be a jerk in this game, though. You're no, like, I, I know, shadowy figure behind the scenes trying to manipulate everything to your advantage. It, it, they, yes, that is part of it. Remember last episode we were talking about? I have a friend. He's kind of a jerk. <laughs> so this is that same friend. I, I wasn't on that episode. <laughs> oh well, I thought you were a listener when you're. I not did a, listen. Okay. I did. Listen. <laughs> so yeah. So so. For for you know people who haven't played it, Lords of Waterdeep is a Dungeons and Dragons uh, universe game, um, but it's not like traditional D and D where like it's pen and paper and there's you know uh, uh, there's a dungeon master, um, there's there's a board. It's it's kind of like a worker placement game. Um, so if you ever played like Agricola or any anything uh, kind of like that, so basically you have a certain number of you know like workers or or you know warriors or people in your arsenal. And there's different spots on the board that have different uh, benefit that have different effects. So it's uh, you play. So I guess I mean if anyone's ever played a worker placement game, you kind of know how that works. So it's a ba- basic worker placement, but once you take an action, no one else can take it. So everyone's always fighting for the same actions. There's never enough of the thing that you want to do. Plus, everyone's got secret objectives. It's it's actually I mean now that we're talking about it it kind of sounds similar to Takunoko but it's not because you know it's it's not like a worker placement deal. Uh I don't hate Lords of Waterdeep but I don't love it as much as everyone else does. Gotcha. So I, have you played the expansion? No, I haven't. Yeah, it's supposed to be uh really at, at a lot more options supposed to be really good. But yeah, I've definitely played a ton of uh Waterdeep. So nice. at what point does the panda maul the gardener? Uh, the panda, <laughs> I don't actually know if the panda can share the same space with the gardener. Of course not, because the, the panda would eat the gardener. He would have That's to, right? That's in the expansion. Yeah. <laughs> That's the game I want to play. Yeah. Takanoko <laughs> 2, The Reckoning. <laughs> <laughs> Revengeance. So so besides uh, Takunoko and Lords of Waterdeep, um, what would you say is your favorite new game of the past several months since you played so many? Tokaido. Tokaido? Yes. Really? I I love it. It is so simple and elegant mm-hmm. and easy to learn. And even though it's a competitive game, it doesn't feel competitive. Okay. And I, I got to play it. Like I've played it a few times with friends and family, and everyone's picked it up and enjoyed it. And then at the convention I was at last weekend... We were really late one day and there was just like a family of three that were looking for something to do to kill like 40 minutes. 
So I, I pulled out uh, Takedo and sat down with three strangers and played it, and we had like the best time. It's it was like a dad of- and his two daughters, and, and they all picked it up and enjoyed it, and it was great. Hey, Chris, do you hear that story that Krabby just told? Uh, I was kind of just zoning out there, but what? He, he was at a con- he was at a convention, and he and he brought out a tabletop game, and a bunch of people played it, and they had a great time. <laughs> Can I talk? Kind of like when we were at too many games, and you refused to play I- <laughs> every tabletop game that I brought. Do I get to talk about the tabletop games I've been playing lately? Oh, uh, we, we've all heard of backgammon. I was going to say, I've very this, interesting. <laughs> played this amazing game called Sorry. You wouldn't under you just wouldn't believe it. <laughs> I was actually going to suggest that. That's awesome. I was I was thinking Parcheesi, but I went with backgammon instead. Kid, so kids understand Sorry a whole lot easier. Let me just tell you. Well, maybe I your don't know. Kids. My little kids, Matt, he's beaten me every single time we've ever played King of Tokyo. Oh, it's like five in a row now. Was going to say that, that? Yeah, not not that's a game that I loved the first time I played it. And I dislike every time I play it <laughs> <Yeah>. after that. <laughs> it doesn't have legs. Yeah, definitely. Nope. <laughs> and also, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big fan of elimination games. So, like, as you get going, players get eliminated. So, you end up with, like, four or five people who are all into it. And then eventually one, like, sorry, not one, two or three people while, like, two or three people are like, okay, when's this game over? So, yeah. When we, we usually, when we play those kind of games, we're in like big group settings. So mm-hmm. it's like if you get knocked out, you just go join the next game with a bunch right, of people. Yeah. And, yeah. That's not definitely, too bad. definitely the way to do it. All I can tell you is if you've got a five year old and you want a great game to play together, Zingos, you know, is a pretty good one. It's a, you I don't know, know if I've heard of Zingos. I haven't either. You know, it's probably, you could even start it maybe around three or so. It's pictures and words, and okay. it's like bingo, but for little kids. Huh. Uh, it's fun for them. It's the I probably the tabletop game I play the most. So yeah, I'll write it down. Zingo, check it out. There you go. I'm not above uh, uh, you know a pop game. <laughs> um, let, let let me tell you. Let me tell you one more. Since Krabby got to tell us about Takedo, have you guys played? And mainly, I'm asking Krabby here. Why do you say you guys? <laughs> I want to keep you involved in the conversation. Thanks. I'm, gonna so take, have, I'm just have, napping over here. Don't worry about have me. Either one of you played hanabi i don't even know what i don't know what that is i haven't heard of that one okay so here's hanabi uh hanabi's a very cheap it's a it's just a deck of cards it's like a 10 or 15 dollar game um hanabi's amazing and it gets better it's unlike king of tokyo it gets better every time you play it so (laughs) the point of hanabi is to create a fireworks show um what? Don't look too much, don't look too much into it because it's, it will start not making sense. But here's how the game plays. So there's a deck of cards and in this deck of cards, there are, I think, four or five different colors. So yellow, blue, red, white. And I think there's wild. So that's like the five. And in the deck, so there'll be like a blue one, two, three, four, five. And I forget the quantities, but there's like of each color, there's like, you know, like three or four ones. Two or three twos, like, you know, two or three threes, two fours, and like two fives or something like that. So the cards all get shuffled up. They get put down. Everyone gets a hand of five cards and your cards face away from you. So you do not see your own hand. (laughs) So, and you have to really, really, really keep that in your mind because everyone, every time the first time they play this game, when they discard a card and they pull another one up, they always pull it facing them. And it's like, oh, I have to discard that. So your cards are facing away from you. So I'm looking at Chris's cards. I'm looking at uh, Krabby's cards. So, and you have like, t- like I think like five or six uh, fuses. So what happened? And those are like little tokens on the ground. So basically the idea is it's kind of like solitaire. 
you need to place a a blue one two three four five a yellow one two three four five like in five different piles in order to complete the fireworks show. So if I'm looking at Chris's hand, and let's say Chris has a blue one, and then like you know a two three a four and a five like just whatever. So I can give him information about his hand, but it can't be too specific. I can either give him a number or a color, but I have to give him all the information. So I can't tell him, okay, this card is a blue one. I can only tell him this card is a one or this card is blue. But if he has other blue cards, I have to tell him about all those. Okay, these cards are blue. These cards are ones. So then he has to remember with these cards facing away from him, the information I've given him. So... If I give him information, I have to flip a fuse over. Now, let's say it gets to Krabby, and he knows nothing about his hand. So he has to give me or Chris information. So then he gives information. Let's say he tells Chris, okay, remember how Bill told you that was blue? Now I'm going to tell you that's a one. Then we flip another fuse over. Like, oh, we've already flipped two out of five. When it gets to Duke, or Chris, to not confuse everybody, (laughs) he's been given enough information that he knows, okay, this is a blue one. So he takes it and he says, I'm going to play this blue one. He plays it face up. Yay, it's a blue one. We get a fuse back. Uh. So you're giving people information about their hands and playing cards. And the thing is, if you really, if you don't know enough about your hand and if you don't have enough fuses to give information away, you can discard a card to get a fuse back as well. But there are a finite number of the cards that you need to make these piles in the game. So it's like, uh, you could be killing me. So it's, it's kind of like oddly tense and like everyone's just kind of like looking at everyone else's cards and like, uh, it's the first time I played it, it was kind of like, I was like, uh, I don't know. It's, I don't really like feeling anxious and tense during games, but then we played it like four or five more times. It was really fast. And it was, uh, it was a favorite at PAX East. We played it like a dozen times. It's great. It's called Hanabi. What point do you get to yell Uno? <laughs> yeah, Uno is, well, when, remember uh, when the Xbox 360 came out? <laughs> and everybody wanted to show their penis on small digital cameras. Exactly. You wanted to show your Uno uh, and your doses uh, with your Xbox Live Vision. <laughs> I never so, yeah, played that because are... I was afraid of what on earth would people put in the camera. Yeah, I mean, what would it take the PlayStation 4 owners like yeah. eight minutes <laughs> right. to to put their naked spouses on the uh, the broadcast the channel, whatever it was called? <laughs> yeah, we all knew that was going to go great, right? Yeah, I'm surprised Everyone it took that long. Sony. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, from our listeners, I'll be curious to hear um, if you like board game talk. Uh, maybe if you do like tabletop, it, I'll, buddy. I'll make tabletop. a spinoff. That's right, I'll, I'll make Bill and Krabby do their own show. Where they talk I about think Rich would join us. Too. There you go. Yeah. And someone else well, can so, edit. So good, Bill Crabby, so BCR riffing on board games. Or, you know, or we could have Collector Cast board, like B O R E D. BCR, right? where am I in the BCR? That's Chris. <laughs> <laughs> no, BC, you're Crabby. Ah. Bill Crabby Rich. <laughs> Crabby. I, yeah, so, I live in so, BC so, too. So, wait, so it works two so, levels. So, speaking of Bill and Crabby and Rich talking about things on a podcast foreshadowing live at a place <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not confirmed yet that's what I to say to you it's just looking good <laughs> I can't oh, I can't say about my plane ticket yet it can't say he's bought his plane crossed. ticket yet I, I, yet. I, can, I can confirm something though yeah 
What can you confirm about the illustrious Retro World Expo going on in wonderful Connecticut in October? Yeah, uh, October 3rd, uh, uh, RetroWorldExpo.com. Uh, the uh, uh, the live collector cast, uh, currently two-thirds uh, of the collector cast. Uh, uh, I'm feeling it's uh, going to be a full collector cast boat. I think there's a chance. We're all, we're all crossing our fingers and our toes. Um, I have asked uh, uh, the wonderful Single Banana, Rich, and uh, Fleech uh, Floyd from the RF Gen uh, Playcast to uh, join us, and they have both accepted. So, um, come on, Krabby. I mean, I was... <laughs> This is going to be the the biggest reveal. We're going to need smoke machines for when Krabby comes out. Pumping music and light show. (laughs) Dude up right. You know what cracks me up? Um, uh, I was at the used game store the other day, and I was... So these guys, I'm sending a bunch of pictures and stuff around. You know, like, here's all this stuff, because it's a big store. And I know the guy that that manages it. We've known him for a while. Name's name's Dustin. He he listens listens to the show, so hey, Dustin. Um, I owe him a shout-out, You do? Go ahead. Go ahead. Hey, thanks, Dustin. I appreciate the the Atlas games you hooked me up with. Yeah, they'll. Ooh, Atlas. That's right. I just read yeah. a story about them. Good story. Uh, or I, I'm sorry. Good. Uh, they were good pickups. They were good shape. It's good prices too. Yeah. Good prices too. Yeah. Even with my crappy exchange rate, uh, I was pretty happy. Um, but he saw the picture of you with Shatner, <laughs> and he said that I never expected Krabby to look like that. <laughs> I said, I know. Did he sound like the nicest, clean-cut white guy ever? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I didn't expect the hair and the beard and everything. So, you know, I don't know what cold I up here. Gotta, gotta keep warm. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you know, he's a big, he's a metal guy, right? You know, you should know from listening. But he said, just totally didn't didn't put the voice and the, everything together. But yeah, those that follow <laughs> us on, uh, you know, social media, you could see what Krabby looks like with Bill Shatner, right? Yeah. He called him Bill. He came, he came to visit last weekend. Didn't we're well, tight. He, yeah. he asked people to call him Bill. And uh, Tia Carrere, right? You got to hang out with her. Tia Carrere was here. I got Michael Hogan to sign my Mass Effect trilogy. Awesome. Nice. Mm-hmm. So who was your favorite kind of person to rub elbows with there? Um, Michael Hogan was really funny because we I, I, I couldn't get in the lineup because I was running a vendor booth. So I asked a friend of mine to go down and get my game signed. And he did, and he, he wrote to Kelsey, um, it's Commander now, and then signed it. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I forgot to ask you if you'd go get him to take a picture with it. And so the next day, my wife went back down with it to see if he would do that. And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 we'll definitely do that. And he, he took this really serious-looking photo with it. And she's like, why do you look so angry? He's like, I can be goofy, too. <laughs> and then he has this huge, cheesy grin in the second picture <laughs> she took with it. And it was awesome. And then he was just walking around, him and Jewel State, we're walking around the con, like just mingling with everybody when they weren't uh, scheduled to do anything. And so we got to bump into them and talk for a little bit. And they're both really friendly and nice. That's cool. I wonder if some other people are like, you know, if like Tia Carrera shows up these things, like, oh my God, how quick can I get out of here? She, like, <laughs> the kids that were in front of me, like, she invited them around to like sit in her lap and she was talking to them about Lilo and Stitch. And then apparently at the after parties, she was like just rubbing elbows with everyone and dancing all night. And how come you didn't ask yeah. to sit in her lap? It <laughs> <laughs> was starstruck. I kind of didn't say much of anything. So like, my Nintendo game. And she's like, "What's this? I've never signed one of these before." <laughs> and she's like, "Probably like, why I'm not in this at all?" <laughs> <laughs> no, she didn't complain at all. Yeah, she doesn't care. She's like, "Whatever, guy, just get out of my way." Yeah. 
But no, those she's are really like cool. she's like I never expected you to look like this from the podcast. <laughs> uh, so so who are the people that are coming? Who's going to show up at uh, Retro World Expo, Bill? That people will know, man. So Besides us, I mean, they know us. It's definitely me. Yes, a hundred percent. If it's me sitting alone at a table with no one in the audience, that that's I'm going to be there. Chris is going to be there. Maybe in the, we'll let in him the in. audience. Yeah, he'll be, <laughs> we'll we'll let him ask a question. Excuse <laughs> me, at the table. <laughs> Excuse me, is Tia Carrera nice in person? <laughs> so yeah, so it's definitely me and Chris. Uh, uh, Krabby, we all have our fingers crossed. Uh, we all know he lives uh, a world away. Um, he like he, things he lives, are looking good though. They're he lives in good. the Valeria of uh, of the real world. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I am Daenerys Dragonborn. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, Rich, uh, uh, Rich, and uh, Floyd uh, from the Playcast. We already knew they were coming uh, to the show, which is great. Um, this is quickly becoming the slumber party to end all slumber parties <laughs> at my house. Oh yeah. <laughs> So uh, um, I know we have a thread over an RF Gen. Um, I actually haven't looked at it uh, uh, lately, so I don't know how many more RF Gen members we've got. Uh, I know Isret is fairly local. He's in Massachusetts, so it's less than like an hour, hour and a half drive for him. So we're hoping to see him. Um, but uh, yeah, I, we should check that thread and see if uh, we got uh, uh, enough guys for uh, a small little meetup. Yeah, we'd, I'd like to do something if we get a chance. Um you think we'll uh, have a reprise of? Uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm telling you, the the meetup we had at Too Many Games a couple of years ago was really a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, oh, Rusty Man um, is coming. He's actually got a booth there. He's going to be selling his art. Um, nice. Yeah. So he's going to be he's going to be there. Chris obviously is one of the organizers of the event. Um, the other organizers are Lance and uh, John from uh, Retroware TV. Um, the uh, actually we're, we'll be updating the webpage with some of the other guests. Uh, uh, that are going to be there. So, like, game chasers are going to be there. and uh... Oh, yeah. So, like, for, um, so besides just, like, you know, all of us uh, cool guys. Um, so, the uh, gaming historian, um, Pixel Dan's going to be there, game chasers, um, uh, Alpha Omega Sin, Banjo Gaiali. Uh, we have uh, a whole bunch uh, listed on our, on retroworldexpo.com right now, and we're going to be adding some more pretty soon. We are talking with several bands. I can't announce yet because they're not official. Um, oh, please but, say it's Power Glove. But they're but Glove. they are awesome. <laughs> they're awesome, and everyone's gonna love them. I'm sure. I'm sure. It's a band. That, it's a band that people will hear and be like, "You've got to be kidding me!" They're coming, so it's it's gonna be really cool. Right on. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> tickets are tickets on sale yet? Yeah, tickets have been on sale. They're uh, on the website. Um, I've actually got a, a blog entry upcoming about this. Uh, uh, not about this completely, but I'll mention kind of some of the details. It, in a long story short, uh, we were told that we couldn't use any kind of like app or anything. So we went through all this hassle to like, get merchant services set up and get it like, you know, uh, uh, you know, configured through our website and everything. And then like the day after everything was done and we had sold like a handful of tickets, we got notification from the venue and Live Nation slash Ticketmaster who owns it. And they're like, Oh, we just made a deal with this, uh, uh, this, uh, you know, ticket selling app and you were required to use it. (laughs) (laughs) So at the end of the day, it was a whole bunch of work. They gave us a credit for like all the work they made us do and like for the cost that we incurred from it. Um, at the end of the day, it's better because it's an app. 
It's super easy. We can check people in. It's all one thing. Um, we get notifications when tickets sell, uh, which doesn't affect you guys, but trust me, it's a really great thing. So yeah, tickets are available on our website. Um, you can also use the Event Joy app and just search our event and buy tickets from uh, your mobile device if you prefer. Um, but you can purchase tickets right on RetroWorldExpo.com. Uh, tickets are 30 bucks uh, in advance, 35 at the door. You know, it's a bargain at twice the price. Then you can definitely buy twice as many tickets and only pick up the amount that you're going to use. <laughs> or just buy some for friends. Or, yeah, and or, s- still feel really good about or yourself. Or if you don't have any friends, buy an extra ticket, meet somebody outside, you'll make a new friend. Yeah. that's that's We're all about expanding our horizons. Now, I've got one very important question for you, Bill. Yeah, sure. Now, last year, Too Many Games had a burlesque show. So they did. So, uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's as a parent, as a parent of one and as a future parent of two, actually, by the time this event happens, I'll be a parent of two. So I'm, I'm preparing myself for the, for the, uh, the phrase, the answer. Well, we'll see. (laughs) Oh, I think Chris just wants to strut his stuff on stage now. Yeah. Hey, bring it on. Well, man. if you're if you're applying, I mean, <laughs> if you're interested in becoming an exhibitor, you can also go to retroworldexpo.com, click on exhibitors, and you can contact us there. <laughs> just send your pick straight to Bill. Yeah. <laughs> now, 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 one thing, in all seriousness, if anyone is actually uh, uh, you know is interested in being an exhibitor, there, all the information is on the website as well. We recently added a lower price tier for artists. Mm. Uh, and crafters, um, because we wanted to make sure that they were, ex- uh, you know, represented. Yeah. Um, the pricing is a little bit more than what you would typically, as a reseller or like a game store, the pricing for a, a floor space is a little bit more than what you typically pay at like a flea market or something like that. But it's a very targeted audience and it's a really, you know, great, big, awesome show that brings in a lot of people, you know, for the stuff you're trying to sell. So that's why it's a bit more. Also, the venue costs a lot of money to rent for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so we wanted to make sure that, I mean, there's some people who just, you know, the Etsy crowd, the people who are just crafting things things um, who don't have a ton of money, who don't sell things for a ton of money. We wanted to give them a, an opportunity to be a part of it too. So it's half the price of a normal eight by eight space. Um, if you're just making uh, small handmade items and you're not selling like reselling any merchandise, you can get one of those artist tables at half the price uh, uh, of the, uh, you know, the regular space. So that's available on the website as well. There you go. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Um, I'm sure that all of us being collectors, we know store owners. We know Definitely. people. So, you know, if, if you're they're somewhat local, let them know. Maybe yeah. they'll come out. Like Yeah, yeah like us on Facebook. Uh, if, if nothing else, you can get uh, – uh, we share all the vendors who were decided to be sponsors for the event. So you'll you'll learn about all, you know, fresh vendors, new, uh, like, specials that they have running. A lot of them sell things online. So, yeah, check us out. Retro World Expo on Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. Yeah, we'll have a lot of a lot of fun. I have no doubt. I'm really excited. Uh, having just recently gone to Midwest Gaming Classic, had a ton of fun there, and looking forward to more cons for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, super, super excited. And you end up with some extra floor space at too many games or something. Let me know. Maybe I can swing a quick trip out there or something. Yeah, sure. I mean, we're uh, the 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 space that we found out we're getting there. Um, it's a retroware TV space. Um, mm-hmm. And they're going to be selling because they, you know, they do retro war TV uh, DVDs and everything. So they'll be selling DVDs there. I'm not sure how big the space is, but they told us, yeah, absolutely. If you want to, you know, uh, uh, display uh, info for your show and you know bring some guys down and talk about it. So that's what we're going to do. So I don't know how much space we have, but uh, I actually asked the guys since I'm 
considering like a bit of a downsell myself to make some room for other stuff and for babies. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked, Hey, would they let me bring a whole bunch of my games <laughs> to sell <laughs> this thing? Place to do it. And they were like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. So um, I'm going to be bringing some stuff, uh, some merchandise as well, but yeah, I'll let you know what kind of space we got, but uh, I'd love if anybody wants to come to too many games, which is June, I want to say 26th in uh, coming up. Yeah. Coming up it's uh, too many games. I know it starts on a Friday. Where is it? Yep, June 26, 27, 28. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, in the, they say Greater Philadelphia uh, area or Greater Philadelphia Expo Center. It's actually in Oaks, Pennsylvania. But anybody who's, uh, wants to come down to the area, um, they've got the Angry Video Game Nerd. They've got, uh, a uh, bunch of guys from uh, Cinemassacre. They've got, uh, Those Who Fight is, uh, one of the musical acts, which I, I'm a really big fan of. Um, so yeah, if you want to come down to that too, we'll, we'll definitely be there as well. Uh, I'm trying to think of the church. If there's anything else, I guess we can get ready to get to questions then. Yeah. Is there anything else we need to put out there? I mean, I've got a whole closet full of tabletop. We can just <laughs> yeah, talk about. Guys, feel free to do your own show. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see what the demand is. See what the demand is. Can, can, let's put this out there. In, in these show th- uh, comments, put, tell me what the best name for a tabletop show would be between myself, Krabby, and uh, Rich. And I don't want to leave anybody out. If there's anyone out there who wants to just, you know, riff about uh, tabletop games, uh, let me know. We'll, we'll include you. Maybe we'll bring uh, someone different on every month. Hey everybody, it's Duke here to tell you again about our sponsor, Off the Charts Video Games. Be sure to listen all the way through the spot because there's a special offer at the end for CollectorCast listeners. We all know that shopping online for video games can be a hassle. If you shop on eBay, you have to pay shipping to each individual seller. On Amazon, you never see what you're really going to get. And as for the leading online classic game retailers, well, we all know that their prices aren't the best. After years of collecting, trading, and selling on multiple marketplaces, the guys at Off the Charts Video Games have built a site with the needs of collectors in mind. OTCVideogames.com gives the experience of a brick-and-mortar store while you relax at home. With pictures and individual descriptions for every item, you will know exactly what you're going to get. Every game is tested in-house on their multi-system testing station, so your order will come back with their quality guarantee and great customer service. Off the Charts now sells separate boxes and manuals so you can buy complete and box games all at once or complete your loose games. Browse their games, boxes, and manuals separately or all together. Boxes and manuals are posted now for Nintendo 64 and are coming soon for other systems. Everyone knows the most annoying part of buying online is shipping. Well, at Off the Charts, orders over $50 get free shipping in the U.S. Not only that, but they always ship orders out the next business day, Monday through Friday, and every order gets tracking. Choose your favorite provider, whether it's UPS, FedEx, or the U.S. Postal Service. Check them out for yourself at www.otcvideogames.com or see their inventory updates and meet their staff on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube with the handle OTC Video Games. Again, that's www.otcvideogames.com and OTC Video Games on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. As a limited-time special offer for CollectorCast listeners, enter coupon code COLLECTORCAST at checkout to receive a 5% discount on your order. Again, that's coupon code COLLECTORCAST, 
all together, one word, no spaces. Well, we have a treasure trove of questions that oh, demand so awesome. answering, gentlemen. So awesome. Demand answers. Um, so let's put on our thinking caps for a moment, if you have one. I didn't know I needed one. You never come prepared, Bill. You never come prepared. <laughs> so let's start off with a question from actualrfgeneration.com. Uh, our home of homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shaggy over on RFGen has a question for us. A little lengthy. Let me try to put it in my best Shaggy voice. <laughs> you mean, wait, wait, wait. Are you going Scooby-Doo Shaggy or the uh, uh, like Jamaican singer Shaggy? <laughs> a common question, man, is what is your favorite system? Well, the question I pose to you guys is what is your second favorite system? I'm totally insulting anybody from Jamaica. <laughs> Now do the rest, Scooby-Doo, Shaggy. <laughs> Zoinks! <laughs> now i got to read the rest. Uh, his second favorite system, he says, I would have to say mine is the Sega CD, which leads into his second question. There's two questions hidden in here. Lots of people hate full motion video games on the Sega CD. What's your take on them? Personally, I love them. That's not me, that's him. Uh, <laughs> when the time these games came out, I thought they weren't that bad. That's a ringing endorsements. Not that bad. <laughs> so, two questions. Second favorite system, do you love FMV games? Krabby. Second favorite system. Um, Turbo Graphics. Turbo Graphics 16. Mm. Do you like FMV games? Um, I like... The the shooter map ones and the Dragon Slayer style ones. Night trap, night trap. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like I like a good cheesy like Target Terror, Mad Dog McCree style shooter every once in a while. Next, you just bought one of those, right? Mad Dog. Um, yeah, I got the Mad Dog collection for the Wii. I was pretty excited about. Okay. Oh yeah, I remember you, you didn't realize it was a thing, right? Yeah, I didn't know they put it out on the Wii in like a two pack, so I had to get that. Why wouldn't you, Bill? Uh, second favorite system? Second favorite system? Uh, FM Towns Marty. <laughs> yeah. I was waiting for Casio Loopy, but go for it. <laughs> no. um, second favorite system? I mean, it's such a hard... Because it's so hard just picking a, a first favorite system, you know? So... That's not hard. Man. Favorite system? Oh, that's... that. I mean, that's that's a hard question. Um, second favorite system? <sighs> I'm just going to go ahead and say... I'm going to say Genesis. Because Genesis does. It I does. get it. It does. I mean, it just does. That, I'm gonna that's say what Genesis. I thought you were going to say. Um, I was going to pick that. I mean, I, I fire up the Nintendo a lot. And, and now mm. that I have the... Uh, you know how sometimes when you, have the, when you have the ability to do something, you kind of realize that things maybe are different than you thought they were? Like, sure. So you get, I get the Retron 5 at PAX because uh, uh, I think ThinkGeek had it on sale there for like... What do they normally go for? 150 uh, like one, yeah, one. Yeah, it was either like one twenty or one thirty. So I was like, okay, I'll do it because I haven't really seen it for less than that. So I got it. So now that I have this system hooked up to my TV that I can just throw anything on at any time, I find myself putting on Nintendo and Genesis games. And I kind of thought that I would play more Super Nintendo stuff, like you know, throwing like a, you know, a Final Fantasy or a uh, like a you know, you know, any number of cool Super Nintendo games. But 
I'm I'm probably gotta go with Genesis for second favorite. Um his second question, FMV games. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm with him on this one. I like them a lot more than other people do. Uh I was crazy into the Sega CD when it first came out. I was not allowed to get one because it cost dollars. Um my cousin John had one, and I wanted to go to John's house all the time. He was like, lived like an hour and a half away, though. Um, I love Sewer Shark. I love Sewer <laughs> yeah. Shark. I know there's not a lot to it, um, but that's part of the simp- part of the greatness and, of some of these old games or their simplicity. I can hear the voices in my head. I can hear the inflection in their voices, the, in- the all the different like intonations and everything. Uh, another crash and burn. First time, <laughs> huh, rookie? I hear you got, you're going out with ghosts today. Now that's my main man. <laughs> uh, everything is great. And then like, so if you did great in that first, uh, is great. in that first area, uh, if you didn't do great, you're missing radigators the size of Buicks. Snap out of it. <laughs> Turn and burn dog meat. I love this game. Uh, and, uh, to, to your guys points too, like Mad Dog McCree, I actually never played, uh, way back when, but it was one of the 3DO games that I picked up when I got my system. I can still hear the, like that like old timers like on the wagon with you, and then you get to that first section, and there's like a, a skeleton with arrows in it, and he's like, "Whoa, there's a porcupine, one with feathers." <laughs> uh, like they're just there's something awesomely bad, like Mystery Science Theater three thousand bad about some of these games, but they're still fun. Um, that being said, there's ones that aren't that great. Like I always thought growing up that I liked Ground Zero Texas. Just because it was a full motion <laughs> video game. And then I got it years later and I'm like, oh, this game isn't really all that good. So, um, but I will tell you one of the best intros that no one ever has seen because it wasn't that popular a game didn't sell very well. Go buy or watch the YouTube uh, intro for Fahrenheit. 32X version, right? The 32X version. You can do the Sega <laughs> CD if you're on a budget, but if you can get that 32X, uh, uh, the risk processing helps. Um, really, really, really like top-rate FMV uh, acting. So yeah, I could I could go on, but uh, love, love, love FMV games. All right. For my second favorite system, that is difficult because I'm going to count the Famicom as an NES because I can. Right? I think that's Why fair. Not? I think it's yeah. fair. So, um, I'm going to, you know, at least at the moment, this could change depending on the day, I suppose. But I'm going to say right now that my second favorite system would be the Xbox 360. You know what? I was really close to saying that. Yeah. I was really close to saying that. Such a fantastic library on that thing. It wouldn't even make my top 10, you guys. Someone, hey, FM Towns Marty, quiet down. If, uh, uh, a friend of mine who'd never had an Xbox 360 said the other day, you know, I'm thinking about getting an Xbox 360. What should I get first? And, like, my head exploded. It was like, there's, yeah. like, a thousand great games that you could get for it right yeah. now for $2. Yeah. Uh, yeah, great library and such longevity, I mean, yeah. you know. And I think it's where 3D finally stopped looking bad. Sure. <laughs> and, and, and And to be fair, I mean, besides for a handful of console exclusives – I mean, the Xbox 360 and the PS3... Fairly interchangeable. Fairly sure. interchangeable. So Except it's for the controller. Like, yeah, mm. so it's all, yeah, you, you got a point. But, mm. but it's almost like if, some, if someone said the other system in place of that, I'd be like, I'll allow it. Yeah, I could see it, but man. Ooh, man, that DualShock. Yeah. <laughs> you need oh, those gosh. little... Krabby, did we ever talk about this? Those plastic trigger tabs that make the triggers actual triggers? Oh, man. 
Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen those. I, I, I don't I, think like, we've talked about it. No, because I, I, everyone who I talk to who likes the PS3 more, and I always ask them what about the triggers, and their answer is always like, "Yeah, you got me." But if you can find those little curvy triggers <laughs> and flip them the other way, it makes the controller a lot better. There you go. Well, I think now though you can use like the DualShock Four on the PlayStation Three yes. as well. So yeah, there you go. But there you, you guys, go. I, I don't mean to get off topic, and I love your answer of Xbox 360. I really was close to saying it. Um, I think that both of you in a private chat, because the world seems to love the DualShock Four, right? So the two of you, <laughs> not me, both separately in private chats have said to me, "Yeah, you know, I'm not really crazy about that controller." And I and it I said, sucks. "I said, oh, really?" Because I've kind of read the rest of the world is crazy about it. And both of you have said, "Uh, the more we play with it, the more we don't like I it." I loved it the first two weeks I had the system, and the more I put time I put into it, the less and less I enjoy it. For me, um, that changing around of the center part is garbage. Um, you know, you used to have the nice little select start kind of buttons, mm-hmm. and now they have these teeny tiny little buttons right smashed up against Guaranteed this giant touchpad. Click the touchpad yep. instead You'll hit of the, the touchpad start or options <laughs> every button. freaking yeah. time, and they're not start and select. It's they're, options and share, right? Yeah, okay. I'm like, uh, so I, like I was playing Bloodborne over to a friend's house, and I kept trying to go like, oh, I'm gonna go to the menu. Oh, I hit the share button on accident. Oh, here comes the UI. Oh crap. Okay, now wait. Have to, oh no, I hit the thing for the gestures. Oh, I'm like, God, <laughs> I just. I want to get to the menu. This morning, I was trying to watch uh, John Wick on my PS4. Good for and I you. Went, I went to grab the controller to put subtitles on because I watch everything with subtitles. And I touched the touchpad and it skipped halfway through the movie and it started like, <laughs> playing for me. <laughs> <laughs> that and the light. That giganto uh, light on the yes. side. I mean, oh. You can't turn I, it off? You, you, you can't. Can, you can dim it, I think. I don't think you, you can turn, turn it, it off, off though. I would just probably take some like electrical tape. Last, <laughs> night, last night I was at a friend's house and we were playing Jamestown until like three a.m. and I good game. I I have a tendency to push my glasses up with my controller hand, mm. and every time I do it with the PS4 controller, I blind myself and need like a few seconds to <laughs> like get my composure again. Wait a minute, your controller hand? Aren't you holding the controller with both hands? I I do, but then I like let go of it and just because I only need one finger to like push my glasses up right. Okay, so, so you I, take I, you I hold take the, the heavier one hand, hand that's full. Okay. <laughs> yes. I got you. The one hand just with the controller it. comes up to your face. Yes. Okay. And, and oh. the top of it just is like an inch from my eye, like blinding red or blue or whatever <laughs> color I am. Oh, that's good. By the way, Jamestown with four guys for like six hours straight is the best thing ever. So, so much so, fun. So, dude, let me ask you a question. When did you start playing downloadable games that other people would buy oh for a couple years now i just don't buy them gotcha because i remember because i remember a while ago you didn't want to and i said what if i handed you a controller and just gave you super meat boy you'd be like i'd know it was downloaded and i wouldn't play it so has that changed i I wouldn't really i wouldn't do it at home either (laughs) i guess if you (laughs) gave me a system with jamestown on it i'd never play it here but I go to my friend's house and they're having fun and I just join in and I have a great time. I don't think about it. Do it's you understand how amazing this trip could be? <laughs> <laughs> it could just be nonstop all the things you've never played. I'm I'm up for it. Oh man, it could be so cool. Jamestown is awesome. Do you yeah. want to tell the people uh briefly what it is if they haven't heard of it? Does Chris know what it is? I don't. Yeah. So it is a shoot 'em up, this classic mm. scrolling shoot 'em up. And the theme is like some kind of like 
1600s Puritan town, <laughs> but like invaded by aliens and like advanced technology. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> and so you can play four player co-op and they have this, this vaunt system. So when you, when you defeat, um, enemies at the right time or like big enemies, they'll drop these little gears that you can collect and they fill up your vaunt meter. And when your vaunt meter is full, you can hit the circle button to put a little like shield around you that temporarily block uh, bullets. Mm-hmm. And after it empties, you'll, the meter will start um, counting down. And while it's counting down, you do one and a half times damage. Or you can hit the vaunt button again and do another little mini shield. And then it's just gone and you've got to wait like a few seconds for it to reload. And the four of you, whenever, whenever anyone dies when you're playing multiplayer the they get a counter and usually it starts at like eight seconds when you're playing on like normal difficulty and so you will respawn in eight seconds if the other players can all stay alive on the screen okay every time you die it adds like another like four seconds to that meter so the the more you die the longer you have to wait to respawn and your your partners have to play better for longer periods of time and we've been playing on like the last two difficulties it is so much fun because you can't vaunt through the green bullets that they start adding and everybody's dying and you have one guy left on the screen screaming and you're all like six more seconds do not die we're at the boss we're out of credits and everyone's yelling at this one guy to like stay alive so everyone can start respawning soon oh, yeah it's man. just so much fun it's cool. yeah cool. it's awesome and uh, uh it's on steam it's on uh, uh direct to drive i think um it's like ten dollars regular price so which means PC, you can get just it for, a pc game and there's so. a oh, ton man. of ton of cool challenges to do on it too like uh, staying alive in like really crappy moments uh, going mm-hmm. through mazes of lasers and staying alive uh getting certain scores and uh, it's so much fun yeah chris you're gonna play it so jamestown is great yes it's a pc game to answer your okay. question okay um and to answer the second question finally no <laughs> sorry no i don't really like i don't really like <laughs> fmv games that much we're just we're just riffing I want to tell you guys though about this arcade game that I played. Whoa! Uh, I looked up the video you showed me. That was awesome. Oh my! Killer Queen is this arcade game? New arcade game, a couple years ago, just built. Just like and you can Marie buy Antoinette. them. Yeah, I know, right? The song plays in your head, but it looks kind of like 16-bit graphics. But it's this gigantic arcade machine where it's five on five. You have five people on each side of this arcade machine, oh, so, and it's okay. kind of angled so you can see the other team but you can't really see their screen mm. wonderfully well and it doesn't really matter because you both have the same thing on your screens and what you have is there's one person in the middle they play the queen and the other four people play the drones so you're kind of like these bees but you look more like bears quite honestly <laughs> and the queen flies and is a lot like joust so she can kill the other characters as she flies around uh, but she's the, you know, beekeeping queen thing. The other guys can go around and collect these pollen pellets. And when they get a pellet, they can do one of several things. You, they can go to a power-up station that's their color, and then they can transform into uh, like a knight kind of guy. And then the knight guy also has a sword, and he can attack uh, other drone guys, or he can go and try to attack the queen. And you can also take the pollen things up to the top, and you can put them in your hive. And so the object is just to win. And the w- three ways you can win is you can either kill the queen, the other team's queen, three times. You can get a, what's called an economic victory, where you 
fill up your honeycomb with pollen pieces. And there's a lot of them, but you can do it because like four of you going. And there's also a snail victory. There's a snail on the screen that goes, of course, ridiculously slow, but you can drive the snail into its pen. So if someone does that, you win. But it's like this gigantic, I don't know, probably 40-inch screen on either side with five people around it. And everybody, you have 10 people all playing on the same screen at the same time trying to get all these things done. So you really can't keep track of everything. So everybody's just yelling like, oh, God, he's going over there. Oh, he's a snail, snail, go get the snail. And and everybody, oh, go, oh, go, protect the queen, go, go. So like you try sure to work you out. Are you just weren't playing with Germans and they were telling no. you to go? <laughs> Seriously. No, but like everybody has like, oh, you like kind of huddle up, right? Like, okay, this is a strategy. What are we going to do this time? All right. Well, you guys, you guys go get the pollen and try to go up top and just fill the thing in. All right, you go for the snail or, all right, let's all just go and try to get the queen. Mm-hmm. So you have like this crazy matches that are going on. Everybody is just yelling and screaming. And like when you finally win, you just like look at the other team you're like, Aah! you're going nuts. It's the best arcade experience I have had. Wow. And forever. Sounds awesome. What's it called again? Killer Queen. Killer um, Queen. We're talking about Killer yeah. Queen, an arcade <laughs> experience. For people that forgot in the last 10 minutes. Well, it's, um, it's been a while, so I thought I'd throw it in there. Right. But uh, you can go look it up. There is uh, – you can actually buy the arcade machine, which I would imagine would take truckloads of cash. I sure. mean I read an article about this place that has it where they have like leagues, like regular leagues. Oh, sure. You have to. To, oh, pay yeah. off, to pay off the machine, you have to have a league. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, it's like any other arcade machine. It's probably several oh, sure. thousand dollars. But sure. on, I'm on their webpage right now. They actually do event rentals and revenue sharing options instead of just flat out buying it too. You can buy there a timeshare. Um, and you, <laughs> you can look up locations. The <laughs> um, you can look up locations that have it, so that if you want to try it out, like there's one not too far from me. So, Krabby, if you come down here, we can go. Play oh, I, if I'm coming down there, we're definitely playing that. We'll make a little team up and and go compete. Fine, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> hey, look at that. Maybe, maybe there's one. Hey, Bill, why don't you try to find out if you could get one to the show? Maybe somebody Ooh, around you has maybe one. Maybe I could contact them, see if there's any revenue sharing opportunities. A rental. It, it reminds you? me of when Barton Millhouse bought the comic. Yeah, Radioactive Man, number yeah, one. Number one. <laughs> I get it tonight. But you could rent, maybe you could rent it for the show. Hey, maybe we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I'm about, just telling we, you. We, this I would, machine I would was slammed. Them, I would give them the space for free, and then people could just pay to play it. I mean, people were lined up waiting to play this game. Man, sounds awesome. Yeah, it was really great. Um, okay, let's get back to questions, shall we? Or we'll be here all night. Um, going to Twitter, one of our French listener, Ooh. bonjour. Croissant. <laughs> probably I, I like how you didn't pluralize that word either. No. He's, he's probably the only one. <laughs> Um, at I'm going to pronounce this Cocole. It's C O C O L E, and he has like really cool pickups that are French. So you should follow him on Twitter. So at C O C O L E uh, Cocole. I don't know. Maybe it says something else in French. What are your thoughts on the upcoming Nintendo World Championships 2015? Crabby. Can, can I go first? Oh, Bill. No, Bill. Hey, can I go first because my answer is yeah. really short. Okay. Um, I think it's really cool. I think yeah. it's long overdue, and yeah. I think there's no way it's going to be anywhere near as cool <laughs> as the 1990 uh, NWC. The main reason being, I just feel – I don't know if they've released details, but I just feel like it's just going to be a great big uh, uh, Smash Brothers tournament. Um, it should be like a custom 
piece of software. They've not announced the games. They've not announced the games. Yeah, but it needs to be a custom piece of software that like automatically switches from one game to the next. Maybe it will be. If it is, then it'll be cooler. Um, but this is Nintendo, so I don't think it's going to be cool. <laughs> oh, that's sad. <laughs> that hurts me. <laughs> I, I don't want them to do like head to head like Smash Brothers or Splatoon or anything. I want them to have like time trial based things like the old one and mm. like high score. I, I I really hope they they figure out a way to do that. And right now I'm really excited about it. And the video they put out to promote it was so funny. That was hilarious. I had to watch it like three times in a row. It was uh, hilarious. I love when he's playing the Virtual Boy and he's just like these games are so good. <laughs> <laughs> Just I know. I, I, do you think there's any chance they can get Fred Savage to host? Oh man, oh, that would be, be really delightful. I, I really hope they do it, and because they're doing it right at E3, I'm hoping they unveil like a brand new game, like Sma- like Super Mario Three and the Wizard, and like and the last game you guys play. <laughs> the is contestants Super will have to play Galaxy a game they've never, never played before. Yeah, oh, it'd be so delightful. Yeah. What are, they playing, um, what are they playing for the qualifier? They're playing Ninja Gaiden. Hi. <laughs> 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 uh, I I I think that they, they're saying like the qualifiers are going to be at Best Buys. I think is what I yeah. Heard. It sounds like yeah. Select I I Best Buys. So uh, maybe look it up. Maybe you yeah. can get in. Good luck finding someone to help you. <laughs> Excuse me. Where's no. the qualifier? There's no one working in the video game section. Future Shop just went under up here like a couple months ago, and they converted all the Future Shops in Canada to Best Buys now. So I have a Best okay. Buy in town, and we never had one before. Oh, cool. Maybe you can qualify. I don't think it's in Canada, though, the event. I think it's uh, in the States. It's it World should... Championships, but it's really not the world. Uh, excuse me. Do you know who I am, sir? <laughs> Is the hey, qualifier we're... Ninja Turtle time trial? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I would like to know more. The video was hilarious. Um, I'll watch. You know, hey, that's the whole point, right? I'll watch. It'll be great. Um, I'll read about it the next day. Would I try to drive somewhere to qualify? No, I'd probably suck. But, you know, I, I'd have fun. If I was, you know, 15 or 12 or something like that, sure, yeah. But uh, I'd probably get smoked <laughs> really fast. <laughs> but you get I, one of those awesome little stickers or T-shirts or something that would be highly collectible in 30 years. It will. That's right. That's right. Maybe if there's uh, one next to me, I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it, though. So uh, there you go. Um, next from Twitter um, at Duke zero six one nine. He is uh, he does a <laughs> Do you dummy U- account. No, <laughs> no Duke actually does a YouTube show with his kids called Retro Nonsense, uh, mostly about retro games and video games. I've it's heard kind of, of fun. It. It's fun. Yeah, cool. Cool. I idea. haven't watched it. I've heard of it. Definitely. Yeah, you should check it out. He has a. It's got some fun kids. They have a good time on the show, and it's fun to watch. They just kind of cut up. Uh, what are each of your favorite era of video games and why? So decades is what he's kind of put out here. So favorite gaming decade. Who wants to go first? I'll go first this time. All right. right. I'm, I'm going to even cut a decade in half. I'm going <laughs> to say the first half of the 90s, 90 to 95 is my, my golden era of gaming. Late NES, early Super Late Nintendo. Late NES, early Super Nintendo. You got Turbo Graphics. You got Neo Geo. They're just you got Genesis. You got Game Boy. There's so much good stuff in there that I still play, and they're still my favorites. That no other little chunk of time will ever, I think, surpass that for me. Yeah, and you could even, man, you'd even have uh, like Game Gear, late end of no, Master no, System. No, we don't talk about Game Gear. Master System, yes. 
3DO. Oh, yeah. <laughs> PlayStation and Saturn were all in there. Saturn kind of snuck in there at the end, I guess, yeah. Yeah, well, PlayStation was in Japan, I think, 95, wasn't it? Anyway. Yeah. Bill? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and just, I'm not going to do Decade. Okay. I'm just going to do the uh, Golden Age of Xbox Live Gold on the Xbox 360. All really? Right. Uh, I... So like I mean, Double Dragon, I mean, Pac-Man. Gr- no, not that. So like, gr- <laughs> like growing up, like you know, like being a kid with like the Nintendo, the Genesis, the Super, all that stuff was awesome. And you'd have your buddies over, and you'd play like you know a hockey game, like uh, you know, like what, like all that stuff is great. But like once I kind of got to that age where I had a little bit of money, I had a job, I could buy you know my own systems, buy my own games, and you worked with people who all I worked at Best Buy, so I worked with all these people who played games. We would all be at work all day long, just like hanging out and having a great time. And that's probably what I liked about that era as well as like just loving all the guys I was playing games with. Um, so we'd be at work all day just talking about games and then we'd go home and we'd all get on Xbox Live and we'd all play like the game of the week or the month or, or whatever. And just when I look back and think about how many awesome single player experiences, how many multiplayer experiences, we would go home and play Left for Dead for days. And then it was, you know, or it was Crackdown, or it was, uh, you know, our Red Dead Redemption, which like took over. Like I forget how much I love that game until I like see the cover art, and I'm like, oh my god, that it took over my life for months. Um, there's there's not another time that I can think of that everything everything on that system that I played was one like is what I would consider like some of my favorite games. So yeah, that. Uh, that uh, Xbox three like the like the third and fourth year of Xbox three sixty to the end of Xbox three sixty uh, was probably my favorite era. Awesome. I would have to go with just the eighties, uh, and the biggest reason, I mean, besides just the NES, was quite honestly when arcades were in their heyday. Mm. Yeah. Um, for those that didn't live through it, the idea of going to the arcade was such a, like a, an amazing thing to do because your parents were like, oh, I want to go shop. I'll just drop you off. Here's, you know, five bucks. Go, mm. go at it. And you would just disappear into this room full of all these amazing games. They're like a quarter piece. I mean, you could play for a couple hours. There was, you know, there are pinball machines. There's arcade machines everywhere. Your friends would be there. You'd hang out. Um, just the sounds mm. uh, and just kind of that dimly lit, you know, and there was always something would be new. Uh, I don't know. I, I, it's kind of a shame that those things are gone. Um, but yeah. I would say, yeah, the arcade scene. I just have such great memories. You'd walk in, you'd see a game you'd never heard of before because you didn't have – you didn't know, right? Games just showed up and yep. they were there. And you're like, <laughs> what the heck is this? Yeah. Sometimes you like heard about something in a magazine. But yeah, you'd like walk through a place and you'd see a thing and you'd be like, oh, who are you? Yeah. You'd just be like, (laughs) holy crap, there's this new thing that just, and you'd just be talking to your friends at school. Like, oh my God, have you seen this down at the arcade? Did you see this new game came in? No, no, let's go play after school. So So um, I I couldn't agree more about the sound of the arcade. Um, Yeah. Like like when you walk into an arcade and like everything's on and everything's like in a track mode and you're just hearing everything. You're I love hearing, when you're you're walking down an aisle of games. All the track modes are on, but you can just hear one of them. It's like calling to yep, you. Like, I need yep. to go play that e- third machine in. Yeah, every game is going. Like, you're pinball, like a like boom, 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 boom. You hear like like guns, but like seven games away, 
Hadouken. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, where is it? You're homing in on it. <laughs> uh, I hear it. I hear it somewhere. Where is it? Yeah. Um, I had I probably the time at Midway's Game and Classic, besides seeing all my friends, actually the game time I enjoyed most was in their arcade. They had this great big arcade. And yeah, when you'd run across, you'd be like, oh my God, it's freaking Star Wars arcade. You know, the vector one. You're like, oh yeah, my God, I'm going to nice. go play this. Yeah. And, and you'd walk down and you're like, oh, here's a, oh, and you know, you were just so excited to see him and play him. And yeah. And there was tons of pinball, like some of the pinballs I'd never played before and had a ton of fun with them. Um, yeah, gosh, arcades. Yeah. Why seriously. are they gone? Those are, that's so we great. We were, I, today I was working on an old electromechanical pinball I picked up a little while ago and I haven't had a chance to tinker with it yet. And we, we kind of got it running today and it's an old late seventies Monaco machine. Mm. So it's like beach theme. It's not super exciting. But yeah. holy crap, we like we stopped working for like 45 minutes just playing around on it. It was so much fun <laughs> just because of all the uh the gears like flipping the uh score things over like you'd hit the spinner and you'd just see the the score going kachunk 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 and yep, then these yep. bells going off ding, underneath. Ding, ding, and, ding, ding, ding. Oh, yeah. it was so awesome. Yeah, it's um yeah, mine my, my pinball's electromechanical and um lift the play field up sometime and hit some of the things oh, and watch yeah. all these mechanisms, yeah. you know. It's pretty cool. Or open the back box up and watch. It's pretty cool. Ah, all right. Um, up next, we've got at Real Jeff Funstick, loyal listener, good question asker. He wants to know what online video game reviewers show or shows uh, are your guilty pleasures. Bill, um, I don't know if I have any guilty pleasures. Um, so when I like when I read that, it's like you know ones that I wouldn't like to admit that I like watch or listen to. Um, I like zero punctuation. Okay. I don't know that one. What's, he's he's uh, what's the about? one who talks really fast and articulate, right. right? Zero punctuation, I think, is on The Escapist. Hmm. Um, so if you, uh, uh, a lot of people listening uh, probably know who I'm talking about. If you don't, really, 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 uh, I think, really, really funny guy. Um, I think he's Australian, but I'm not sure. Um, uh, z- so zero punctuation. He does, uh, uh, these, uh, uh, you know, five minute review videos and they kind of have like some, uh, some very simple animation in them. He speaks very quickly and he doesn't stop or slow down or pause at all, which hence zero punctuation. Um, I'm normally not big into like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, snarkiness and sarcasm. Um, these reviews are made of snarkiness and sarcasm. So it, it's, it's kind of weird that I like them so much, but, he always he has that bit of snark to it, but at the same time, he always brings it back and says like, okay, in the end, like here's what it is, here here's what it isn't, here's what people think it is. There's lots of jokes thrown in there. It's it's almost like an episode of Archer if you guys watch that show on FX. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you like uh, Archer or not, there's more jokes per minute on that show than any other show I watch. It's just it's just nonstop, and that's probably what I like about it. But yeah, zero punctuation. If you guys aren't familiar, um, to, it's on YouTube. It's on theescapist.com, I think. Uh, just watch one of them you'll know if you like it or not i think it's fantastic awesome crabby um same with bill I, there's none that i wouldn't admit to liking uh i don't really watch any youtube ones i th- i do watch um a show on game trailers pretty often uh called the final bossman yeah and i've seen that show yeah i think he's usually pretty funny and and i agree with a lot of what he says and he's like the the Nintendo fan on this site and everybody else hates him or hates <laughs> Nintendo and makes fun of him for it. So I kind of, uh, 
can relate a little bit and enjoy the show. Okay. Okay. Um, I watch a lot of YouTube. Um, uh, there's a, I mean, a few that I will, I will say for like reviews, I just tune into the classic, you know, classic game room. Um, been around forever and, and Mark on classic game room just, he does good reviews and that's why he's been doing it forever. They're short. They're quick. He does a lot of like retro reviews. So you can kind of find some games you're not as familiar with and, uh, and he's entertaining. Does a good job. Um, I would throw a couple other quick mentions. Um, one of our listeners, J Rock, J Rock, Game Rocker, he does a little vlog every single week, talks about some gaming stuff. He's a fellow Canadian, Krabby, and, uh, I think he have, probably would have some similar musical tastes uh, oh, to nice. what you've got. But J Rock does a vlog. They're not long. They're kind of fun to watch every week. And, um, I've been watching a lot of, uh, Epic Name Bro, uh, as a lot of videos that are around, uh, like, Dark Souls, Demon Souls, Bloodborne, that sort of stuff. He goes pretty deep into that. So, uh, and fun to listen to. I, I watch a lot of the YouTube. I would, I'd probably throw a few, and I, and I mentioned retro nonsense as well, but, uh, that's a few for me. Um, at Sega Tomcast, he's got a couple questions for us here. What console library is the biggest pain to collect for any reason? And he's got parentheses here. Bootlegs, frequently damaged boxes, small supply, et cetera. Crabby. Biggest pain to collect. There's a bunch. Yeah, the one that could immediately jumps to mind, and all of those fit in very well. All of his like examples uh, is the Neo Geo AES, as well as Price. I there's so many games that I want to own on it that I just luck. Yeah, I know the cheap end of the games that I want are like three to five hundred dollars, and the there's more expensive ones than that. Definitely that I'd love to get. I just can't. I really, I've had, I haven't added a game to my Neo Geo collection in like probably two years and I, I'm dying to do another one and I'm having a hard time dishing out that, that 500 bucks to, to grab something. Yeah. And let alone like finding it when I have 500 bucks too is sometimes an issue. <laughs> yeah. I think unless you're going to go Japanese, US Neo Geo collecting is insanity. E- even some, even the Japanese ones are pretty high. Some of them. Yeah, yeah, you can get a few games pretty cheap. But. We, we've been playing a ton of Windjammers at the store lately, <laughs> and I, I really want the home version too, but it's it's not going down. <laughs> I, I don't. I doubt they ever will. Bill? Um, I'd probably say the 32X, yeah. uh, just because I can't find Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> How many years, Bill? It's been a while. Uh, to be fair, I'm also not willing to pay market value for it. So that's, sure, that's, sure. that's the, the piece that, that kills me. Um, but the part of the thing with this sell down is, uh, I mean, I've had these games for so long. I don't really play most of them. Um, I loved it for a long time. I still love it. I'm still going to love it if I get rid of some of these. So, um, it's, I'm starting to, uh, consider the, uh, uh, you know, starting to move some of the 32X games. So oh. I kind of I just want to get Spider-Man for a minute. Like if someone could just hand it to me, hey, <laughs> take I the picture. The set. And I then, take the yeah, picture. I'll give it back to them. Um, but no, I mean, 32X is, is a tricky one because like cardboard boxes, if you're going for complete. Um, another one that comes to mind is uh, Odyssey boxes, uh, ColecoVision boxes. I mean, besides stuff Game that Boy. just is like fragile. Um, stuff that's pain to collect for because no one really kept the box on a lot of Game Boy games. Oh, it's um, insane. There's a lot of games that like 
10 times the price when you add the paper and cardboard in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for, for some of the, the smaller mobile stuff, definitely. Um, I'd imagine, well, Krabby, you have a complete Virtual Boy set, right? Was that uh, a big pain? I, I don't have a complete one yet. I'm still missing a few games. I'm pretty close. Okay. Um, no, I, I didn't find it too hard. Um, those ones are actually, like, the, even the pricier ones, um, they pop up complete in box and sealed a lot there. Mm. Yeah, not not terrible. Cool. But yeah, I mean, I mean, it's. I don't think there's anything you know super surprising in any of those answers. I mean, there's, uh, and I guess it depends on if you're talking about complete or not. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, there's those. Those are kind of the ones that 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 pop in. I mean, and of course, Sega CD and Saturn and Longbox PlayStation because the cases are mm. like you sneeze beautiful. and they break. They're so beautiful though. That well, they yeah, they're great if they're intact. <laughs> I'd probably have to say Atari 2600 just because... So many little, tiny, <laughs> small releases on that. Yeah, yeah there good is, there, luck. There is no I mean, spoon. Yeah. I <laughs> there mean, is no complete Atari 2600 set. Yeah, I think that would make it the biggest pain to collect for because there's no end ever in sight because nobody knows what the end is. Yeah. Uh, that and there's a couple games that there are literally a few of them yeah, known. less than 10. Yeah. Uh, and when you get into boxed ones, less than that, like one yeah. or two. You know what I mean? Yeah, no thanks. No thanks. Um, okay, uh, second question from at Sega Tomcast. He asks, which is the best mascot character? And then he throws in, why is it Gex? And then joking, it's not Gex, probably. <laughs> Gex is pretty great, though. <laughs> which is the best mascot character? I think the answer we're all thinking is Bubsy, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's more like a bridge too short. No. <laughs> no, not uh, Arrow the get Acrobat, it? maybe? Uh, no, come on. <laughs> get, get serious. I want to hear a serious answer. Bug on no. the Saturn. Okay, the, you literally have one more answer available to you before we... <laughs> uh, I mean, it has to be Mario. I mean, doesn't it? It has to be Mario. I mean, to me, it has to be Mario. He's the mascot. He is the mascot. He's the company. Mario. Can I say Mega Man? You can. I'm you can, even though he's not a mascot. He's like a Capcom, or he used to be a Capcom mascot. Yeah. Are, are we talking system mascot or publisher mascot? He just says ma- best mascot character. I guess you could yeah. pick, you know, like the Denver Bulls mascot if you wanted to. <laughs> right. I mean, when I, when I think mascot, I, maybe I'm taking it too far, but I'm kind of thinking of like the Mount Rushmore of gaming. Okay. And on the Mount Rushmore, it's... Bonk? It's Mario, Sonic... Donkey Kong and Lincoln. Bonk, right? <laughs> I, don't know bonk. I don't know well, if Bonk. Bonk, bonk is Master bonk Chief is car- on there or nothing. Yeah, Bonk is carving everyone out with his head on the Mount Rushmore. Again. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so best mascot. No, that's, that's a good point because uh, Master Chief's definitely a mascot for uh, for Halo and for and, the and Kratos. For the 360. And okay, let me Nathan give this Drake ten seconds. Yeah, let me give this ten seconds more of thought. The Uncharted guy. <laughs> Uh yeah, half tuck McGee over there. He's pretty good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Did did Krabby go? I, I said Mega Man and you. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying Mega. to rethink it since you don't seem to think that counts. I'm, yeah, I, I think Kirby's a good mascot. I'm go Kirby. Kirby, Kirby is a good mascot. Kirby's a good mascot. Kirby's good. Um. Bum ba dum bum 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 bum. Answer. Uh. I'm going to go with man best mascot. Uh, it's gonna come back. It's gonna come to me later, and I'm gonna feel 
like I didn't answer this right. Um, <laughs> just, just say uh, Bubsy. Just gotta pick one. If we can pretend that everything in the later years didn't happen, Sonic. I'd probably say Sonic. <laughs> Survey says. <laughs> Show me potato salad. Yeah, I think Sonic uh, uh, in the early years was awesome. Yeah, yeah, awesome, great, ma- and and they like because and again in my later years I don't like this kind of advertising, but back when uh, the the Sega commercials were like Nintendo has a toy robot, Genesis has colors and speed, <laughs> <laughs> blast processing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I Sonic uh, was a. I think the best mascot back then. I, but you know, it's not the face of any company anymore, even though Sega wants it to be. Uh, I think even Sega's about done with it. Um. All right. Uh, at RFG Ooh, Playcast, Pac-Man. who are those guys? Yeah, Pac Man. Yeah. Who's who's he a mascot for though? Uh, Namco and arcades. Yeah. He yeah, but if is. you, uh, I don't know. Yeah, he's more a mascot for arcades than Namco. He, no, he's still really big for Namco. They have like a TV show and stuff about him right now. Yeah, sure. I, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd give that. Pac-Man's a good one. Pac-Man's a good one. Maybe. The tank right. from combat. <laughs> <laughs> the All right. Pongle. Up, <laughs> <laughs> up next, we're going to go with RFG Playcast. Who are those jerks? Uh, I think we're hosting those jerks. Ooh, sorry. <laughs> Who's those great guys? <laughs> They ask, what are your thoughts on Splatoon? Release on 5 slash 29 question mark. Have any of you pre-ordered it? Does he work for Nintendo? Uh, I need, <laughs> I need, I need to make a confession. Yes. I have heard of Splatoon. I have never played it. Nor it's have not I out s- yet. Nor have I seen what it looks like. You don't have a Wii U. Uh, you don't have a Wii U. Yeah, but I've also, I have no idea what this game is. Like, zero. Krabby? I haven't seen a screenshot <laughs> of this game. It is a, it's Nintendo's version of an arena shooter. Where they, okay. they've made it fun and playful and colorful. Um, so you're using, like, paint guns instead of actual guns. And you're oh, so car- it's like Super Mario Sunshine? Uh, kind of. It kind of has that aesthetic to it. And the, all the characters that you play, I think they're called uh, Inklings? Squid okay. people? I don't know. But anyway, you can... So your team, like if your team is the blue paint team, any part that's painted blue in the level, you can swim through. So if you want to get up to a tower, you can like paint up the side of it and then swim up that paint to the top of the tower. Okay. And there's other weapons like the... There's like a paint roller that everyone's like talking about right now where you can literally just like roll this like eight foot long paint roller across the ground to cover a ton of ground and like crush any one that you run over and like the sniper rifles instead of just hitting like the target everything along the path it's like dropping paint on as well and there's supposed to be the they've showed a cool trailer about a month ago where they showed some of the uh single player stuff and they got some really cool puzzly kind of areas where you can like uh fill up sponges and then they expand so you can like climb up them and go to different areas and things. I had no interest in it until they showed that trailer about a month ago and it looked pretty cool. And I I have a few friends that are really excited about it. So I know like probably the weekend after it comes out, I will probably sit down with some friends at their house and play a few hours of it and see if I enjoy it. But I don't have it pre-ordered. No. Okay. Um, I know about the game. I've watched some, some trailer videos. I've kind of, yeah, I can, uh, 
Krabby pretty much explained it. I think the only thing you know, he didn't mention is that the, the objective is not really to kill each other. It's to c- cover the level in your color paint. Yeah. And there's no voice chat, which I would think would make teamwork a little tougher. But <sighs> yeah. I, I just want it for the couch co-op. I, there's nothing I would ever play online. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I could see that being a little uh, yeah. more attractive. I know some people were annoyed by that. I, it's not going to affect how I play that game, so I really don't care that they took out the voice chat. These days, though, if you wanted to, you could hop on Skype. I mean, it's not tricky. Yeah, yeah. but it's like, it's 2015. I'm with you. I mean, don't get me wrong, but Ugh, it's two, Nintendo. Two, two steps forward, one step back. <laughs> I, I'm actually really happy they took it out. I really... I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want. Yeah, it. but it does not. Since you weren't going to use it, it doesn't affect you having it. It's not like it would make it make it worse if it was in there for you. If it I just decide to go more... online, though, I don't want to hear little whiny kids. Yeah, but every game that has voice chat, you can disable the voice chat. But so remember, they... this is Nintendo. If they had the feature, they wouldn't have options for the feature. <laughs> <laughs> and you know they're not patching it in because <laughs> <laughs> no. they don't have the internet over there. No, they they said they were doing it because of the yeah some of the online animosity and like shooter communities. They were trying to keep kids away from that and. I'm for that. Like, I, I let my kid play it now. I don't have to worry about him turning on the options later on if I turn them off and have the parental controls and he hacks them and all that crap. So you're worried about children hackers? <laughs> no, this just might, like, you know, I, I go every day at the store. I probably override, like, 6 to 10 parental controls on a 360, 3DS, like, whatever they are. It's not hard to do. A kid can figure it out in, in 20 so- minutes. How can a kid figure out? Don't you need like a password? No, you just Google it. How do I how do I open it up in safe mode? How do I oh, okay. get rid of the principal? Like it's so easy to get around. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. A good I don't know. Belt I mean, will it's, take care it's, of that it's, problem. It's, it's, not, it's, not the, it's not the end of the world, but like the, the, whole thing, the whole thing about that is like if Nintendo, or sorry, if uh, if Microsoft or, or Sony released even like a child, like not childish, but like a playful type, like, you know, um, game like this. Did said, Garden Warfare? Did that have voice chat? Oh, of course it does. It? Every okay. game in the I system does. Because okay. the system has voice chat. Gotcha. You know what I mean? And, well, so here's another point. So does the does the Wii U have voice chat just no. outside of games? I don't it think has so. like a Skype-like app that okay. you can do. But can you play no. games while you're doing that? No. Okay. So, I mean, at least that would be like, okay, like, let's say if it's someone you know and that you're buddies with and you want to play this game with that buddy and be able to chat with them, like... That's all I'm saying. Because if, if any other company said, like, oh, this game, you can't talk to people while you're playing it, be like, are you kidding me? Like, it yeah, happened with Destiny. Let's, like be, you, let's be honest, though, Bill, right? Just Skype, you plug your phone headset into your phone, and you just hop on Skype, right? I mean, it's not a big deal. Is it really? It is for playing. With, like, you, I, you can meet a new player, right? And then you don't have his Skype information and stuff, and, and you don't have no way of contacting him after, really. But what I understand, to... like, the game meetups are pretty random anyway. Can you even make sure you meet up with the same people every time? I'm not sure. Yeah. Is there even an online ID? Set? Not yet. They're, we're they're working off, on that. They're yeah, we're, get, we're that. getting off topic, but yeah. that's coming this year, they said, right? Yeah, it's coming. All right, cool. Uh, no, I've not pre-ordered it, and I don't really intend to buy it. I'll tell you guys how I almost got a Wii U, and then it didn't happen. You didn't? <laughs> I did some work for a friend of mine, um, yes. like a whole bunch of computer work. Like He had some questions, and I said let me just do that for you. So like I took his whole computer and I did a whole bunch of stuff to it. And then once it was done, I showed him a whole bunch of more cool stuff. I just did a whole bunch of stuff for him. And like, I I didn't ask for any payment. He didn't offer anything. It was totally fine. We're just buds. 
and like a few days later there was a deal like where like uh the wii u like the mario 3d and nintendo land bundle like brand new deluxe was like 260 on ebay um like through like toys r us or something and i shot him like a joke text like hey if you really wanted to get me a Wii U for helping you out, like here's the link. And he texts me back. He's like, Oh yeah, totally. I just don't have an eBay account. So do you want to just buy it? And I'll give you the cash next week. And I was like, Oh, I was kidding. Sure. <laughs> so I told my wife and I was like, Hey, I need to buy this real quick. Do we have money like from this week to next week? Which, you know, there'd be no reason why we wouldn't, but she was like, well, the mortgage just hit and all the bills just hit and I just paid this and we were going on vacation. She's like, oh, and I had to buy a thing and I had to buy this. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I'll wait a few days because yeah. we're getting paid. And then I waited a few days and then the deal was over. And I was like, well, I can't buy full price now. <laughs> so <laughs> it almost happened. You could get a used Wii U sometime or something. Yeah, right? but I could have bought a new. If I wait, <laughs> that deal will come back. It will. It will. So Yeah. And then, right. and then and then we can all play Splatoon together and oh no we can't no. <laughs> <laughs> all right um up next at the single banana I don't know who that guy is Love uh, him. what are your thoughts on the recently announced reboot of the Muppet Show Ooh. can I can I go first go for yes. it. I didn't know they were rebooting this. <laughs> I didn't either. I, I just found out now. <laughs> they they uh they tried to do that a few years back and it was not successful. So it was I'm, really good though. It, it was, was good. Yeah, it I like really the Muppet good. Show. I love the Muppet Show. I'll watch. Me too. I, I I haven't heard of this reboot either, but I grew up the Muppets and I yeah. love pretty much everything I've ever seen by them. I mm-hmm. I'll watch it. I love yeah. the Muppet Show. If I I have heard of it, I haven't read the details. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic. If it's if it's classic Muppets, that's great. Um, there's been a lot of things that have been rebooted, and then you look at it and you're like, "What?" So, um, like, not to get too far off topic, but the recently released trailer for the live action gem on the holograms is an abomination. <laughs> I just heard about that at board game night a few days ago, and we were joking about it all night. I'm so excited to watch it. Let me okay. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> have you seen the trailer? I have not seen the trailer. Okay, no. okay great. Let me let me ruin it for you. It has. <laughs> zero to do with the cartoon. Can I ask a question? It is a completely different standalone story. <laughs> can I can I ask you a question? Go for it. Is it is it outrageous? Let me answer <laughs> truly, let me answer the question you want outrageous? to ask. Um is are <laughs> truly, there magic truly. earrings, you know, like there were in the cartoon? No. Uh are the misfits in it? You know, like they were in the cartoon. No. Um, is Jem just awesome because she wants to be? Uh, no, she's just a shy girl <laughs> who had a really popular YouTube video, and now a record company is telling her to be awesome. It does, is does, the... does she have pink, like, like triangle paint on her face? Yeah, but because the record <laughs> company told her to do it, not because she's awesome and has superpowers because of magic earrings. <laughs> We've learned so, a lot about Bill. Bill watched so, a lot of Jim. So back to the reboot of the Muppet Show. <laughs> if it's awesome and classic Muppets, 100% yes into it all the way. If it's awful and nothing like what it used to be, then I probably won't like it. Crabby, down? You down with the Muppets? I'm down with the Muppets. I'll watch anything they put out and at who, least who once. Said that, who didn't like that uh, Jason Seagal uh, movie a few years ago? It was ago. awesome. I went to the theater with my son because I was so excited to show him what I used to watch, and we both mm-hmm. walked out like pretending we had fart shoes after. It was great. <laughs> I don't know if you realized it, but just there in that sentence, you had a very Kermity voice. <laughs> Me and my son. Me and my son. <laughs> waka waka. 
Now, I did not see the more recent, uh, what's his face, uh, Ricky Gervais movie. I didn't also see that really one funny. Yet. It's really good. Yet. They were both awesome. awesome. I don't know Tina why Fey. Yeah, they're rebooting things. Yeah, my my only, only down thing on the first Muppet one, the Jason uh, Seagal one, is it was a bit of a downer for like the entire middle stretch of that movie. Maniacal laugh. <laughs> Maniacal laugh. That <laughs> uh, was good. All right, we can keep going. But yes, uh, Muppets for life. Moving to Facebook. Chris Roberts, he's from the NARC podcast. He asks, what's the prize piece in your collection that's not a game? Amiibos. And that is when Bill left the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He said prize piece, not the stuff that you won't be able to give away in a couple of years. <laughs> Um, my entertainment bike. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I forgot you still had that bikes. I still right? got two, actually, yeah. yeah, bikes. I, I'm very happy that I like not only have them, but that I was able to find them locally, like source them myself, and work out the deal. And it was really cool experience. So I'm nice. I'm really excited about them still. There's some guy on Nintendo Age that has like in his signature looking for entertainment stuff. <laughs> so you should you should hit him I, up. Maybe. That's the Iron Two Pay. We're we're buds. We we chat. Oh okay. We, all, right, we, all right. Yeah. When when I was writing that article for the uh, Nintendo Age Easy, and um, me and him were going back and forth, we're like the only two entertainment enthusiasts on the site there. <laughs> <laughs> Understandably, so working out plus video games. Ooh. <laughs> hey, that led to me finding the entertainment bike. You're right. You're right. You're right. Bill. Uh, that's not a game. And I, I assume he means it's not a system as well. Um, a couple of small, because th- I don't have really a lot of big ticket items. Um, a couple of small things comes to mind. I really like my 32X rental case. Mm, okay. That's cool. Um, yeah. Because I'd, ne- I'd never really seen another one until I saw this. And the- I-, I just met a guy for, uh, who had a Craigslist lot full of stuff. I didn't know it was going to be there. And I just saw it. And I was like, well, I never saw that before. I looked it up afterwards. And it turns out, like, they're out there. They just don't come to the market very often. Um, so I really like that piece a lot just because, you know, you just never see it. Um, and the pieces that aren't games that I really love, I love rece- receipts. <laughs> those are oh, great man man i i was uh just down in my uh, in-laws down in florida for a quick little vacation there and my wife was looking through she was like oh i gotta show you my dad's old records he has like all the original beetle records and stuff like oh that's pretty cool but in that same compartment she like found this big box pc game that i didn't care for it was like remember like the the trolls with the pointy hair and the tummies oh those guys are awesome so there was a Trolls big box PC Do you remember game. The, the boy version they did of that? The, the stone protectors? Yes. <laughs> they all had little gems. Oh, it was great. <laughs> so uh, learning a lot about crappy. So <laughs> we opened up the Trolls box and it had all like the three and a half floppies of all the games that they had. And one of the things in there was a 1994, I think. No, 1993 receipt from Babbage's for Mega Man. For IBM PC. Now we couldn't find the game anywhere, but I have this receipt and I love it. I love when you, I love when you get a game and you open up like the manual and like a receipt falls out and it's like, Ooh, Ooh, wait, you you feel like Indiana Jones. What year was, I'm like dusting it. I'm doing like a, like a rubbing. What year was this? (laughs) I I get sad when I do it at the store out of three, (laughs) 360 games. It's like, Oh, they paid for the warranty. 
Uh. <laughs> you don't offer that service? I don't know. No, well, you offer the service for free. You shouldn't have to pay for, to make sure your game works. <laughs> you know what Best Buy used to do? Best, when Best Buy Mobile first happened, which is like when Best Buy first started selling cell phones, one thing they offered as a service for like 10 or $15 was pairing your Bluetooth headset with your oh. new phone. <laughs> so they actually charge people. And then they turn on the phone, hit Bluetooth, hit pair, hit zero, 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 zero. There you are, sir. It took them like two years to take this away and make it a complimentary service. It's hilarious. Because what they found out, no one was charging for it because everyone felt like a jerk. <laughs> yeah, you got to those geek squad people got to do something. Oh, man. It's the <laughs> slowest sinking ship I have ever seen. <laughs> Uh, well, they're paired up with Nintendo for the Nintendo World Championship, so there you go. Yeah. Uh, for me, I would have to probably say um, I have my charter member Nintendo Power certificate. That's from, really cool. And uh, I'm also my Nintendo Fun Club membership card from being a kid. Do so. you keep it in Those your wallet cool. still? No, I don't. Uh, I'll totally keep my wallet, but I, right, right next to his decoder ring. Yeah, I do still have the the my certificate still in the frame. It's been ever since I was a kid. <laughs> it's not awesome. it's not hanging, but it's uh, still in the frame and still in pristine condition. So I am. So it's, you don't hang it like by your credentials at work. I, that would be great. I would <laughs> right out of the diploma. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. But no, that's me. Good, good question. Um, our own retro rage. He asks. Do you? This has to do with the recent boxing match. Do you think that Little Mac could have been could have beat Floyd Mayweather? He could have, but it would have been by decision, so no one would have cared. <laughs> Just three rounds, though, right? <laughs> Bill, uh, did you, abs- are you into boxing? He absolutely could not. He could not. A hundred percent could not. <laughs> could not beat. So he can't here's hug, why. Here's why. What, he what could if he not? got the star punch? There's no way to get the star punch. So look at, I've analyzed this. Look at every fight Little Mac has in the entire uh, uh, Mr. Dream or Punch Out, whichever version you're doing. Little Mac wins every fight by countering. Every single one. If you just, you just have to wait, you have to dodge the attack and counter. And as long as you do that correctly for each guy, you are going to win. Floyd Mayweather does not attack. He sits back <laughs> and he waits for you to punch and he it, counters. It's two little Max. <laughs> he scored. It's two little Max. So he, so the two of them would just stand there, no one punching for three rounds and then nobody wins. So if you attacked, he would dodge and counter and just score a point and then you'd be done. So no, Floyd Mayweather is. What, uh, what if he started raising fighter, his eyebrows and then you punched him? <laughs> uh, he, he, it wouldn't happen. And if he did, he would just be drawing you in and you'd be like, oh, there's the sign. And then you'd go, he'd duck, and then he'd punch you in the stomach. <laughs> so no, there's no way he's beating him. You, you can't counter hugs. You, no, you can't counter, you can't counter what don't come. Uh, no comment. I have no comment. <laughs> Last question by our own Grey Ghost 81 is also on that playcast thing. This is a long one. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna put on my best gray ghost uh, voice for Do this it. one. Do it. What would a gray ghost sound like? 
I've always thought that the warehouse factory oh, like area <laughs> where I work would make a great environment for some kind of video game multiplayer map. I love this question. Like Call of Duty, for example. There would be lots of places to climb, run through, and take cover. Yes, there are those kinds of things I think of at work. So my question is, what real-life environment that you are very familiar with could potentially have a great level or map design in a video game, and what kind of game would it be? That's spooky, right? I can't... Very spooky. I can't explain to you how much I relate (laughs) with this question and love it. Uh Uh-oh. When I worked at Babbage's in the Danbury Fair Mall in Danbury, Connecticut... Connecticut, the host of the Retro World Expo 2015. <laughs> Stockers take note. Uh, uh, I is a small store, and uh, you so you'd walk out of the store, and there was like one of those little like tunnels that like you know only the employees really know about that just leads Secrets. out back to the parking lot, and there was a little outdoor <laughs> parking lot where we'd be, and then around a corner there was like a parking garage that had multiple levels, but you could kind of like you know see, it was open concrete, you could see through it. These were back in the days when we were all really into Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike was still in a beta. So it was like beta six or beta seven or something before it came out retail. And we're all, it was a free Half-Life mod at the time. Uh, And we used to just, I used to just get bored at work and just start looking around and thinking, because there were all these like, you know, five foot tall, like fixtures in the store and it was all slot wall. And I was thinking, because all the, uh, sorry, all the Counter-Strike maps were fan made anyway. They were all, because it was a mod. So I was like, we could totally make this store a Counter-Strike map. And you have like this little cover behind like the cash wrap. You have like the little management office in back where you could hide and wait for footsteps outside. You could pop out the door. There's that long hallway going out to the parking lot, which would be like super freaky because like you could see someone at the end of it. But if you didn't have a long range weapon, you'd just be able to be firing at each other, but like you wouldn't hit anything. You'd try to find cover. Then if you got outside, there was the dumpster you could hide behind. You could see the corner of the parking lot from there, but then you could go to the parking lot and it connected on the other side. Uh, awesome. Uh, so yeah, it's, I think, and, and getting back to what he started, I always thought the, the area where I work would make a great environment for some kind of video game uh, map. Um, I think it's, uh, uh, it's super awesome to, uh, to just to make that connection like wow this environment's really uh you know conducive to uh to a, a multiplayer game i'd be i'd be really curious to see if other people have ever thought that before because i i definitely thought that uh at my old job i've gone beyond that beyond just thinking it Uh-oh. oh you've you've uh recreated did I've you recreated. make a did you make a doom wad uh no i don't really play <laughs> shooters as as you probably know Minecraft? but i i have made um, skate parks that we used to skateboard in and on Tony Hawk all the time when they're little level editors. Hmm. And like, so we made skate ones. I wasn't super familiar with those, but we, me and two of my friends that used to skateboard with a lot were, we all worked at a grocery store. And so we made a, the grocery store as like a skate park in Tony Hawk. And we added all the employees that work there at the time and they had the missions to give us. So like when, <laughs> you know how, when you're playing like the old style Tony Hawk games, the, you'd collect the skate letters. Mm-hmm. We would um, have like someone standing there and like there'd be, um, the, 
the parking blocks that you could like grind on and stuff. And it would be like, you have to put all the carts away. Cause we were, you know, the little cart boys at the time. And so the skate letters would be the carts that we'd have to like go and collect them all in one combo to return them. And then we'd have to like do a um, crazy combo to like move the manager's car back to the parking lot. And we, we made this huge, I really hope it's still on my memory card. I kind of want to go play it now, <laughs> but we, we spent like, weeks on this thing and it is massive and it's probably not a very fun park for anyone that didn't work there because of all these little inside jokes and stuff but it was awesome that's like one of the coolest things i've ever heard ah boy this is a tough one i don't have a i don't have a good answer for this i work (laughs) in very boring places i mean i work in a (laughs) hospital i mean I guess you could boring. Dude, Left for Dead had a hospital level. I guess great. you could go through the hospital. Silent Hill, man. Come on. It's not it's not a creepy hospital. It's pretty well uh, they're all creepy. Pretty well lit. It's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of windows. Um You don't use Mac over there, but um <laughs> No, there's still a lot of windows, trust me. Uh I don't know. How about my body? My body is a wonderland. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm still on that Tony Hawk story. That was that's priceless. That's a good I, if, one. If, if I can find the memory card with it, and it's still on there. I'll, I'll bring it down in the fall. We can we can do a little skating. And, and, and like when when companies first started talking about like you know when the original Xbox the hard drive and everything, oh you're going to be able to sh- like you know create your own content and share it. I remember thinking, I don't want to do that. Like it, it just sounds like work. But then like <laughs> when you got the opportunity to do it, you were like, okay, I love the creation of content. I wasn't so big on the share. Like I didn't want to like, you know, create a level and then throw it out to the world. I just wanted to create a level and have fun with my level. And it sounds like that's what you and your buddies did. That's really cool. Totally. Absolutely. You know, you you ever played little big planet though. Like they have some really cool levels that people have made on there that you can just like pull off. They don't cost anything. Yeah, I'm. A, I don't know if we talked about Little Big Planet before. I'm not a real big fan of how floaty the jumping feels, um, and I really I, don't like the. And two- I agree. And there's lots of people that agree, and they've designed mm-hmm. levels around making that go away. How do you make the floatiness go away with a level? Because like they'll do like you survey the contra one. You don't have uh-huh. to jump ever in it. There's oh, no cool. floating. You just you just do like the first person or not the first one the the behind view third person contra levels and they're awesome. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. No, and the other thing I was going to say is I I don't I'm, I don't really like falling through geometry because I switch the plane of where I'm standing. Um, I love the idea of Little Big Planet and I love Tearaway, which is one of their uh, media mo- what is it called media molecule? Yeah. Yeah. One of their uh, follow up games, but uh, but yeah, it's I always thought uh, that uh, I'd make more content than I'd share. Yeah, that, that was just one example. Though, like Mod Nation Racers had some really cool tracks. Too, yes, the same thing. Yeah, yeah. You just have to wait ten minutes for it to load to play it. Mm. <laughs> well, crappy grab you one of those uh, PS3 memory card adapters, and you could save it onto your PS3 and then share it across the internet. Oh, it's on the GameCube. <laughs> oh, I didn't play anything on the PS2. Get a Dex back drive. <laughs> did they make it for the cube? I don't know. I think it was just a PlayStation and maybe Dreamcast. No, N64. They had an N64 one too. Oh, uh, I have no idea. You I could... had the PlayStation Dex drive, and for a while, I would go on GameFAQs and I would download people's save files. You can still do that on PS3. You can do that. Yeah, yeah, with the adapter, right? Uh, no, you can download anybody save and put it on a virtual memory card. Oh, okay. Like, so just throw in USB and throw it on there? I mean, you could put it on a USB stick, I suppose. I don't see why not. Or an SD card or whatever you've got. Sure. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for the questions. That was a good good crop. I really like this. 
And uh, as usual, you can always um, send those questions to us um, at CollectorCast on Twitter or Facebook. It's just CollectorCast. Or hop over to rfgeneration.com. Um, and, you know, nobody ever sends us anything on it, but we have an email address. Do you know? Do you have an email? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that. We have one. Uh, podcast at CollectorCast.com. Ah, podcast so in at case, CollectorCast.com. So in case you're stuck in 1998 and you want to send us a question, you can email us. It yeah. works. Uh, we also have a GeoCities page. <laughs> uh, I was Angel Fire, I think. Yeah, right. Angel Fire. You can find us on Alta Vista. <laughs> Just get on Met- Webcrawler. Metacrawler. <laughs> they used to be my favorite search engine. <laughs> Meta? Yeah, Metacrawler. I used it for way longer than I should have. What about Excite? <laughs> I, I don't know if I used that one. No, he didn't use Excite. It's still around. Is it really? Ask Jeeves. Is Ask Jeeves, that's what I was thinking. Is that still around? It's just Ask.com. It's, just ask. <laughs> it's ask. Com, com, that's yeah. right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering if you guys have seen anything on Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. No, I've nope. never heard of it. So Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes is an Oculus Rift game. <laughs> okay. So one person has the Oculus Rift on and a controller in their hands. All right. They are the bomb defusal person. And they're trying to defuse this bomb. Everybody else in the room has physical papers that you have to like, you know, download and print, uh, you know, before you start playing of dozens of different bombs. Okay. And they have like all the manuals on what they look like, diagrams, the colors of wires, um, if there's any LCD displays, how to disarm them. So the person with the Oculus can't see these documents. So it's like, they're supposed to be like remotely, you know, like telling you how to defuse this. So, and there's a timer on there. So like the game starts and okay, what do you see? Uh, well, it's, it's a small black sphere. Are there any markings on it? Uh, no, it, it says Atlas on top. Okay. Atlas. Now everyone's like filing through their, their paperwork. Okay. Is there a green what? No, there's no green wire. So basically it's, that's kind of cool. You're piecing together information for people yeah. and they're trying to do the same to you so you can disarm exactly. it in yeah. a certain amount and, of time. And, and you're like, cut the green wire. There is no green wire. <laughs> you said it was Atlas. It's not Atlas. <laughs> so everyone's trying to figure out which bomb you have and how, what these steps are to defuse it. And then it's, it could be like, well, you cut the green wire if there's less than two minutes on the timer. So then it's like, okay, how much, how much time is left on the timer right now? And they have to manipulate with the controller, like, you know, flip the thing back over, flip it upside down, you know, press a trigger button to like flip a, a you know, a latch over. Um, uh, and sometimes the instructions are vague. So it's like, oh, like you just have to open the rear panel, open the rear panel. There's four rear panels. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really, really cool. There's a really long line for it at PAX. I couldn't play it. It's kind of been on the internet for a while. People have known about it, but, uh, it's just such a cool idea. And it's one of those things like, you know, like when Nintendo puts stuff out, like the three, the, the DS, and you're like, why would you even need that? And then when someone makes a game that like justifies the hardware, you're like, oh, that's so super cool. So this just seems like one of those like hardware justifying, uh, experiences. And, uh, it's, it just, I haven't played it yet, but it looks really cool. And I just, uh, wanted to share it with you guys. Speaking of the Oculus too, did you see the, uh, first person original Legend of Zelda, like pixelated version they've, they've built for it? <laughs> no, but that sounds like, uh, it is so cool looking. It, it you're literally like the down there and there's like an eight bit, like 3D Octorok coming at you and you're like throwing arrows <laughs> at it. And, and they built the whole overworld apparently. Huh. It sounds like it could be really cool, but like it, as cool as it is and, uh, you know, as as much as like there are some cool things that can happen with it, 
I still really feel like it's going to be super niche. And even yeah, the people who get absolutely. it, they're going to have it for eight days and be like, uh, I'm going to sell this thing. I think it's going to do well, but I don't think it's going to do well as a gaming device. I think it's, right. I think they're going to find other features and that's what's going to take off with it. And games are just kind of going to be like, like mobile, like you got it on your phone so you can play games on it, but it's not your gaming mm. device. Right. I think it's going to be a popular airplane device. <laughs> Do the bomb defusal on the airplane. <laughs> <laughs> Say the B word. Exactly. The, uh, there's actually, have you guys seen this kit? That's it's, It kind of looks like an Oculus. It's like a headset that you like just strap your uh, Android device into. Yes, I have seen that. <laughs> oh, I, I, I saw a picture of some idiot wearing one on a plane. Oh, no. <laughs> and he like wrote a blog entry. He's like, yeah, I'm that creepy guy on the plane with my phone strapped to my face. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to be that guy flying to Connecticut with my Wii U hooked up in the plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to think about all this virtual reality stuff. Um, part of me is intrigued. Part of me thinks there's no practical way I could use it. Because um, when am I going to be like, okay, family, go away. And when I've got this thing <laughs> Everyone on... Everyone put on your headsets. <laughs> or, or We're like, about just to mind meld. Leave me alone completely. Right. Don't even come into the room, because I may run into you. You know what I mean? <laughs> Give it 10 years. Your your kids will be old enough. They won't want to have much to do with you by then, and then you can Maybe. play all the Oculus you want. Maybe. I'm one of these days, but if it gets smaller, and I, I, I think it's neat. I'd like to try it. I really don't know how practical. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't I, think I had, it is. I had one in, traded into the store, um, one of the dev kits. I got to goof around on it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they were cool. I like. I don't see myself paying more than like one fifty for one, probably. Um, so if they get to that price point, I'll buy one just for the novelty to to play once in a while. But yeah, it wouldn't be yeah. an every weekend kind of thing. Yeah, I think they're they haven't really officially announced the retail price yet. The the rumors are between two hundred and four hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it depends. They, they There's like the they, Oculus, the Morpheus, the Project, right. whatever. There's Will you like guys three buy or four one? of them coming out. Will you guys buy one? No. If I can hook it up to a console, I will buy one. I, I don't do enough PC gaming to justify that one, but like the, what is it, the Morpheus one? Is that the PlayStation one? Yeah. Yeah. That one I, I might if they get the, the price point low enough. I, uh. And, and I will probably hmm. immediately regret it like I did when I was so excited to get a Kinect and I played it for one weekend and never used it again. I don't own a PC, so that's the tough part. Um, Xbox, unfriend Krabby. <laughs> <laughs> I would be, like I said, I would. I'd have a lot of fun trying it out. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't really know what to think about it. I'd have to try it. I have no hands-on experience, so I can't say anything. I'd love to win one in a contest. <laughs> it's it's a lot like mechanical keyboards. Like mecha- like for PC people out there, uh, mechanical keyboards are very. They're between like 140 and 200 something dollars. Um, they're really cool. They're a little bit noisy. But they have like a fantastic feel to them. Like they don't take very much to, to depress the key and they have like a very satisfying click when you hit it down. Um, they're very it's expensive. Like, a, like a guitar hero controller. Yeah. Like, a, like not a mushy <laughs> rock band guitar yeah. bull crap. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. The guitar hero guitar is the way better guitar. Um, guitar hero three guitar for life. Um, or guitar hero two, the explorer. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, definitely the, uh, uh, it's one of those things that like if I could win a mechanical keyboard, Oh, I'd love to have one, but for right now, I have a five dollar in with the Dell keyboard, and it works fine. Yeah, I, you know, I honestly, even though it sounds weird, I would be more interested in. 
I think, uh, like a passive experience, like most like a movie kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least right now, because I the game things I would be afraid of make me sick. Um, something I, like a like a Heavy Rain Beyond kind of game. I don't know where something you, where you just vaguely manipulate things and then watch how they play out. Or or maybe even some of just cinematic where I'm in a position I can look around, but there's no movement of <laughs> me. You know what I mean? Right. So you, you can watch. Um, Scarlett Johansson and Avengers the whole time instead of the rest of the team. Right? <laughs> Some, I guess something <laughs> like that, right? Whatever you want to do, sure. Uh, but I mean, I think that's kind of interesting. I mean, they 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 already have cameras that can basically do th- spherical video, so um, I think that'll be interesting. I don't know. I think this stuff is too early. And the other thing that would scare me about buying one of these things is, you know, like the year after the one you just bought is going to be total crap. Like, here's the new one. Oh, the one you just bought for $400? Yes, piece of crap now. Sorry. <laughs> you can buy the better yeah, one for I mean, $300. I mean, but that, I mean, that is technology. Yeah. You know, that's going to happen no matter what you buy. Yeah. I mean, year, years ago, like, you know, for forever, I was like avoiding buying something. I was like, oh, the net, the better one's going to come out in a few years. And I'm like, yeah, but there, that will always happen. So, like, yeah. I always kind of buy like one step back. So it's not the most expensive thing, but still decent. I'm, I'm kind of doing that with the Xbox One right now. There's a couple of games that I, I kind of want to play, but I'm going to wait till they put out another model because we've had a lot of hard drive failures already. Huh. So once they fix that issue, or do a little slim revision or whatever, I'm, I'm probably in. Well, joining us uh, today, we've got a very special guest from the world of NES homebrew development. So, um, Rob uh, from Slidog Studios, uh, would you mind introducing yourself? Uh, sure. I'm Rob Bryant from Slidog Studios. Uh, you might know me from different forums as Roth as my handle. Uh, I do the programming here, and uh, that's my story. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll get a little bit more out of you from there. So, Krabby, you want to start off with help some questions? Yeah. Um, before we get too deep into questions, why don't you tell us a bit about Slidog Studios first? Basically, it's me and a childhood friend named Sean, and we make make NES games. We've wanted to make games our whole life, you know, our whole lives. Always looked at games and played games together, and we'd say, you know, it'd be cool if they did this on this game or did that. And, you know, <laughs> ways to improve games... I don't know. All these years later, I I found NestDev, uh, NestDev.com, and started looking into things. And I finally learned, you know, how to program somewhat. You know, not not very well at first. Oh, come on! Come and, on. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, come on. Tic Tac XO isn't like the greatest <laughs> thing ever. But uh, yeah, everybody's got to start somewhere, right? Exactly. But you know, so it was just me. I really. Really had a tough time getting Sean motivated to want to take part in it because he always had this really cool style of drawing when we were oh, kids, yeah. and uh, it was it was not like a sophisticated kind of drawing, but it was just like always really nice looking. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I always thought, man, that would translate really well into NES graphics if uh, if I could get him to do that, and. Uh, I really didn't get get him around to it until started working on the Candelabra Stasero, and uh, I needed some portrait work done for it. 
I guess I finally bent his arm enough, and he's like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And it <laughs> turned out pretty good, and then from there we've uh, started working a little more together. That's fantastic. No, that's just, I, I'm a little jealous. <laughs> I wish I was making Nintendo games with a childhood friend. <laughs> <laughs> Since you want to learn programming, Krabby, I can I can sketch out some uh, some stick figures for you. <laughs> All right, let's get on it. <laughs> I'll learn how I'll learn pixel graphics. Uh, uh, so I'm curious, um, what got you started in the idea of I want to actually take this to the next level and make full fledged games on the NES instead of just uh, okay, I'm going to play around with these demos or, or make just some little pieces of code. Just the thought of this is my favorite system when I grew up, you know, <laughs> absolute yeah, favorite understand. system. Um, I had to, you know, purchase it with my own money. You know, I, I had to buy it used from a buddy because, you know, my father was always like, ah, video games, waste of time. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, dad, this is awesome though, you know, and uh, those bleeps and bloops. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just a big, big piece of my childhood. When I actually saw that there were people making games for the NES, I just, I, I think I probably peed my pants right there. <laughs> and my God, I, I was just astounded with it. But it was, it's very tough to get into, you know, for some people. Some people catch on right away. And unfortunately, I wasn't one that caught on right away. It took me quite a few years to, uh, figure out quite a few things. But, um, but that was the main drive is just growing up with the NES and always wanting to improve old games or coming up with uh, my own ideas. Sean always came up with his, too. I mean, we made up our own uh, quote-unquote video game systems back in the day, you know, and <laughs> came up with names and names of games for them and what they were about and how they played and stuff like that. I think we would have got along very well as children. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> that sounds a lot like my childhood as well. Uh, uh, well, I'm kind of curious. I mean, just to kind of go along with that, though, I mean, did you have prior coding experience? or? Um, I went to a community college for one year for C++ programming and uh, VB.net. It was... Like, when I look back on it, it was not good at all. I mean, they didn't even get into <laughs> uh, uh, arrays or structures or anything like that. I mean, it was uh, it was like a year of the same thing over and over when I look at it. I'm like, wow. You know, that was certainly a waste of money, but... <laughs> I've done a little. I've done some programming coursework, so I could probably agree with you that they're sometimes a waste of money. Yes. <laughs> Uh, that's cool. That's cool. Crab, you got another one for us? <laughs> yeah, you mentioned uh, the Tic Tac XO there. Um, what other early games have you worked on before Mad Wizard? Oh, let's see. There was uh, Tic Tac XO. That was the first finished game. The second one... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and that one, you, you released that game, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah, and is no longer available, right? No, I, I think maybe... Forty some odd copies sold, or something like that, and they, it breaks my it breaks my heart, Rob. I well, that was uh, that. there was hardly <laughs> any any kind of stuff going on back then, you know. I, right. I think it was released maybe a little, uh, maybe a year after Sudoku, made yeah. by Al yeah. Bailey. Um, but you know, there just wasn't a lot of activity in making NES games at that time. 
Yeah, I think I chimed in on one of the Nintendo Age threads uh, where we were talking about these games, and and uh, I think Bunny Boy had posted that, you know, he he just kept all the homebrews going, and I was like, well, what about Tic Tac <laughs> XO? And, and it was like, oh, well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he does that thing where, he, you know, it gets discontinued whenever, you know. Yeah, out of the blue. It's, right? it's between both the developer and publisher, like, you know. Maybe uh, the developer wants to release the ROM, you know, or the publisher's just like, hey, there's just not enough to keep it up, you know. So, it's, gotcha. a, it's a mutual I, thing. I gotcha. So, I didn't mean to interrupt. So, you left off at Tic Tac XL. Oh, the second full game that I made was called Pegs, which featured uh, voiceovers by my now 13-year-old son. I believe he was four or five at the time. <laughs> and uh, so, that was a lot of fun. Uh, doing that with him he uh, we put him on the label actually uh kevin ha- uh, hanley from Kahan games he's the guy who put the label together for me uh, cool. he actually did the one for tic tac xo as well awesome yeah i've got some of his games as well oh yeah he does great work yeah good stuff um let's see i think i think nes virus cleaner was the next one Mm-hmm. I think that was the that was the first one where I tried to actually make a you know a full game that took longer than you know one screen of uh, you know X's and O's or you know like a little game. And what was interesting about that was uh, transitions, like uh, learning how to transition from one kind of game. I'm going to say object. It's not really the right word. One kind of game instance. Like, the game where you're playing, and then, like, mm-hmm. a status screen, you know? Uh, okay. And, like, an intro with, like, words, you know, printing out a tutorial, you know, a, a, an ending. Like, all these things put together. And uh, I thought that was really, really interesting to first dive into and give it a shot and, you know, make it a, a full-fledged game. You know, as simplistic as it was, it was called addictive by a lot of people so i, I take <laughs> it's that a good as game. a big compliment no it's a good game um and unfortunately bill that couldn't be here it's one of his faves of uh homebrew too so nice uh no it's a nice little game that you came up with i was yeah. happy to to finally get a copy of that addictive is actually like yeah it's like a high compliment for that style of game definitely yes yes so was that it before you kind of got into the Candelabra series, or was there anything else? Uh, there's there was stuff here and there. Uh, I uh, made a what do, what do you call it when you uh, I ported, kind of ported, but it was from the ground up. I used the same graphics uh, from the Snail Maze game on uh, Sega Master System. I saw that. Yeah, I ported <laughs> that over to NES. And I I just I was like, man, that that can't be too hard and. There was something I, I was trying to get back into the flow of homebrewing at the time or something. I can't remember what it was, but it, it didn't take that long, like a week and a half, two weeks, something like that. But uh, that was kind of fun to do. Um, there was a little game I made for Nintendo Age Campout called Kiff, which is just a four-player, uh, everybody just fights each other in a beat-em-up, dra- double-dragon-style kind of game. Um... And then I've had a few projects that I haven't finished. Um, there's the 1K series. There's right. about, I think, 13 of those now. Games where uh, 
it's 1,024 bytes or less. And, uh, you know, they're very simplistic, but it's really challenging to fit gameplay on an NES. <laughs> and, you know, like sound effects, color, gameplay, just something that's playable into, you know, 1K. It's tough. Yeah, I see that you've put together quite a few of those. It's a nice little list. Yeah, it's it's fun to do. Sometimes I just get a hair up my butt and go, "All right, this sounds like I'll, this sounds like a good idea. I'll give this a shot." Good deal, good deal. Um, we'll we'll probably circle back around too. But uh, most of these games are available for download on your website, right? Most of them, yes. I think all the ones I've mentioned are, yeah. Yeah, so that's awesome. And um, out of the ones you mentioned, you can still get copies of NES Virus Cleaner and Pegs. Is that correct? Um, I, I don't know about NES Virus Cleaner. I, I don't think so right now. Oh, okay, uh, all right. You you could always get it reproduced. You know, it's uh sure. That's just, I just don't get anything out of it. But that's you know I, I already <laughs> I already made money off of it, and which is nice. <laughs> well. Yeah, we always want to, you know, we have a show that we have a lot of collectors that listen to it. So if there's ever something that's more of like an official release where money definitely gets kicked back to you to the author. So we're always happy to to mention that so people know where right. to go. But um, if you ever find that that or you find us that information later, we'd be happy to put that in the show notes so people can click right over to right it. Right on. So tell us about your uh, latest release, uh, The Mad Wizard. Oh, The Mad Wizard, A Candelabra Chronicle. Yeah. This is, uh, th- what's really interesting about this, this is the first one that Sean and I worked on together full-fledged, because, um, Astosro, which is still, you know, not finished, it's on the back burner right now, but, uh, that that's where he started coming in and doing some graphic work, but this one is where we actually both, you know, I did programming, he did graphics, and then we both did design. And uh, we came up with the concept, which started off, you know, with me saying, hey, let's do some sort of platforming thing. And and I had, like, four little chickens. And <laughs> this big joke we have is stacked chickens, you know. And it was like four stacked chickens, you know, moving around the screen, just trying to get, you know, hit detection and all that kind of stuff going on. And, and so it, it only took us about... A little less than two months to get the game from concept, very beginning, just talking about it, to getting it a finished product. Wow! Um, we but there was a big there was a big gap where uh, we were trying to figure out how to get it released, but so we did do refinements here and there. But it was about I'd say about a month and three weeks is about how long it took. And that sounds crazy because we people we've talked to that are homebrew developers in the past, I mean, they're usually like years to develop a game. Yeah. Well, uh, it depends on how much time you have, you know. Well, obviously, you are very dedicated <laughs> to your craft. Uh, Got to wake up early so the kids can't bug me, but, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Who needs sleep anyway, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's for the week. Well, Krabby spent some time playing the game, I right? Did. I did. I very much enjoyed it. It felt, I would never have guessed two months, like, total development time. It felt much more polished than that. Thank you. No problem. Uh, was it just you and Sean, or was there anyone else that was involved with the development at all? Uh, that's it. That, yeah, that's, like I said, impressive. Like, Did you guys do all the playtesting yourself as well, or did you have anybody help with that kind of stuff? 
Uh, we had a handful of people that did some uh, bug testing. Um, Kevin Hanley was one. Uh, Jeffrey Wittenhagen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Limbo Funk, Otto Hansen. <laughs> and, uh, God, I, I want to say there was one other person, but I cannot think of it for the life of me. Well, that's all right. You got to have those little bit. I'm sure that beta testers are more than willing to come out of the woodwork on Nintendo Age, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody wants a chance at maybe one of those secret, you know, beta test, you know, special carts that somebody gets for helping, right? Uh, I don't know if there is such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Krabby, I mean, having played the game, do you want to talk a little about the mechanics with Rob and kind of what you liked? And Absolutely. Or disliked. No, like, yeah, more more likes than dislikes at this point. I've I've only had about probably three to four hours into it so far. Um, but the the levitation, like whoever, whichever one of you decided to like make his cloak like flap around while he's flying, I just every time I love that. Oh, that's so awesome. That, that was all Sean. <laughs> oh, it's a it's a great little just you know attention to detail that that I loved. Mm-hmm. Um. But how did you guys decide you wanted to do like kind of like a like puzzly Solomon's Key kind of game? Oh well, that was uh <clears throat> the whole from the beginning of it. We weren't sure exactly what we wanted him to do. Um, we were gonna go for the elements, you know, the four fire, water, wind, that kind of thing. Right. And originally, like the prism cube that you can do, originally it was going to be mm-hmm. like a little cloud. You could get up on a little cloud, and then uh, the I can't remember what some of the other stuff was. You had the the bridge and the uh, the different levels of like levitation and the teleport. Right. Well, I'm trying to remember what ideas we had for the other elemental things. Oh, for the elements, right? But uh, eventually, we we phased that out and just ended up coming up with a prism cube block, um, a bridge, and then uh. The teleportation. Right. Well, like, yeah, flavorful, like, flavorly, they all work because he's a wizard, right? Right. He's going to tell him what he can and can't cast. Kind of <laughs> things, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they all, they all fit the, the feel of the game very well. They didn't feel out of place at all. Nice. Now, Krabby is really good at NES games. He'll probably try to be, like, you know, uh, timid here, but he owns a world record, and uh, he he demolishes games in a way that makes me feel very sad about myself. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But what what well, how did you feel about the the difficulty curve and everything, uh, Krabby? Um, it's not like a well. There are some parts that are very action heavy where you need those quick reflexes and you need to think fast um yeah it's so like so like the boss battle you have to yeah, figure out there, there's a like, boss oh, battle gotta... very early on and yeah, i like died bird, probably right? six seven times on him before i kind of figured out the pattern to get past him without getting hit mm-hmm. but the the puzzles are i think like i have i've gotten probably i want to say about halfway maybe a little more through the game Mm-hmm. Um, very well paced. The specifically when when I was going to find there was the the potion that gives you the quicker uh, levitation oh, ability. Yeah. I, I'm sitting there staring <laughs> at it, and there's there's the screen that you go upward towards it, and there's one to the left. And I know I can get to it. I just don't know how, but I know it has something to do with these three screens. So I'm trying to figure out if I can come in from the left, if I do it from the top, if I need another ability I don't have yet. And took about ten minutes of just like 
trial and error and problem solving and thinking and just nailed it. And it was very rewarding. It was nicely paced. I didn't get stuck on it so long. I got frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I got a great reward for, for sticking with that. Um, which, which one of you was, was involved in like the, the puzzle planning? Oh, that was both or, of us. Or was it both? Oh of yeah. You? That was both of us. So how's that come about? Do you guys sit down and sketch it out ahead of time or? Uh, on this game, uh, we, we're basically just like, uh, well, I'm going to start working on this. And then the other person will be like, well, I'll start working on this area. So, you know, we <laughs> just one person took one area, the other person took the other. And then, uh, once they were all done, we both kind of looked at different aspects and, you know, tweaked things here and there. Well, I just, I think of it a lot like when I was a kid, kind of like what you talk about, you would just dream up these games. I would sit and like draw like a little like world sort of thing for a game and like, okay, this item is over here and it has to go used over here. And, <laughs> and I would allow, make this elaborate, you know, thing that would be the game. And I would try to have my friends like figure out how it would work. And, and I, I would sketch and kind of draw this, you know, crude thing together before I ever went that far. Um, was there anything like that? Did you guys have anything uh, resembling a design doc or it was more of like, you know, sh- you show me what you got when you get there. Uh, it was just more of a, let's do this. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'd see, I'd start trying to program it and he'd start putting the graphics together for it. Um, it was just fly by the seat of the pants on the mad wizard. I would say now, did you ever have to go back and and do some like major redesigns? Was there ever a point where you're like, "Ooh, this is really doesn't work," or or this this layout doesn't isn't working well, or how'd that come about? Uh, not really. Um, there was some t- some things that we did change up though from the uh, you know from the original for the one month to three week thing, uh, like uh, in exiting the air cavern, came up with a way to. Uh, not have to go back through it like we originally had it. Going up the Elderwood, going outside of it and going back around, that was done a little more. There's a puzzle just above the house, uh, maybe a screen over, I can't remember, that was redone. It, uh, there wasn't, wasn't a whole lot. There, there was a lot of little things that we took care of. Yeah, because... Like Krabby was saying, the the pacing is really important to these kind of games because you want it to be that. Like I knew I heard it in your voice when he he said like, "Oh, the potion thing." I heard that. Like <laughs> you, it must have just hit you like, "Oh, I love that puzzle or something." That we uh, did. I love that item. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's right. my favorite item in the whole game is that speed potion. I I agree too. It's it just changes the pace of everything after that. It feels so fluid and quick all of a sudden. Yes, it's. It's my favorite item. I <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, with with a game that's so focused on exploration and puzzle solving, um, especially when you had guys playtesting it, did you find parts where people were accessing areas you didn't mean for them to have access to right off the bat, or did it kind of all fit into place nicely? Uh, it all fit into place nicely. The only thing that happened was uh, Kevin Hanley... Early on, found a place, uh, I believe it was in the graveyard, that you could get stuck in the game. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and that, that was the, we always call that castle questing. 
<laughs> don't don't castle quest the game appropriately named <laughs> yes so uh we're we're really concerned about castle questing the game and uh so luckily that got found early on and uh we we haven't found any others uh kevin didn't find any others uh nobody we knew knew found any others but uh yeah and that that's yeah that's one of those elements where i felt like it had the polish of like a release back in the day because yeah there was no goofy things i got stuck in i didn't fall through or glitch through any walls or floors <laughs> or anything like that. everything was nicely put together which is why that two months just surprises me yeah thank you <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm kind of curious um you know you've mentioned you and and your buddy that kind of doing the art what about the music um right now it's been mainly me okay He's done a couple of things for Estosero, but he doesn't really know how to use the music engine right now. As of late, it's been mainly me doing the music, but uh, okay. I always, you know, have him give a listen to it and see what he thinks, that kind of stuff, you know. I would think that would be a challenging part because um, I don't know. I would, I mean, in my mind at least. The part of your brain that's dedicated to programming is like a completely different part of your brain that's dedicated <laughs> to creating music, right? Um, so hmm. how how do you reconcile that stuff? Uh, I don't know. I was in a band for years. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I it was an original band, you know, all original music. I've been in more than more than one original band actually. There's one specific one that I was in for about three years, and. Uh, did all kinds of gigs and uh i don't know i'd love writing music okay well that's awesome then do you kind of lay that stuff out in something like family tracker or you just kind of just do some riffs and go i'm going to code this into my engine i pick up my bass usually okay and uh try and come up with like a riff and then try and put it in the engine and then uh go from there see what i come up with sometimes i just throw in notes in the engine and see if I hear something I like, too, you know. <laughs> I know Duke mentioned it earlier, but we're our listener base is primarily collectors, um, so I'm very curious why Why have you released your games, like, physically? Why not just make them and, and throw them up as ROMs? Uh, what's the appeal of that to you? Uh, money. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. I mean, uh, you know, why beat around the bush about it? I mean, obviously. No, good answer. Um, it's it's not the most profitable, but uh, you know, it's nice to get some, and uh, but I do like to have ROMs out there, you know, which is that's one thing. Like, I wish I could put out the Mad Wizard right now. You know, just here's the ROM, everybody. But you know, at the same time, eats into your initial sales, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, at some someday the Mad Wizard will be out there, but not anytime soon. But yeah, that's mainly that, and just you know, you you get it on a cart and you look at mm. it, and it's just like, look at this. This this is something I helped create. You know, yeah. <laughs> so I get it has to be almost like birthing something. I would think, right? Like this is about. your creature, your creation. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and I can't imagine, I mean, like you talk about having been a child that went through this and actually produce your own game and hold it in your hands and say, this is mine, right? Did, did you send one to your dad to rub it in his face? <laughs> <laughs> he would probably just spit on it. And... <laughs> oh, man. Get this crap out of my face. 
<laughs> Stupid video games. <laughs> Young children's eat away. <laughs> I'm sure Krabby could talk about this too, but um, being people that like physical medium, I'm always really glad to see a release come out. I mean, I know ROMs are out there and flashcards are great, mm-hmm. and I suppose you can do emulators, but I mean, that's not really kind of my bag. Um, right. There's just something different about I'm going to take a cartridge out. I'm going to stick it in my machine. Maybe I got to wiggle it for a little while. (laughs) Blow (laughs) in it. (laughs) Yeah. And then I'm going to sit down with my NES controller in my hand on my tube TV and I'm going to play, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I really like doing that myself. It's, I only have about 16 games left in my collection. Really? Oh, yeah. We had to sell it, uh, when we were losing our house. Oh, Whoa. yep. No, nope. completely <laughs> understand that, man. Yeah. Out of so, uh, curiosity, which, which games made the cut? Oh, uh, well, let's see. The Three Ninja Gaidens. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, yes. Friday the 13th. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> um, Iron Tank. That's a good one. Gosh, I haven't looked at them in the past couple months. I can't even think right now. Too busy okay. making them. <laughs> Too busy making them, yeah. Um, with with uh, when you guys are doing Mad Wizard, did you draw from any of your old favorites, or did you take inspiration from any, even if they weren't Nintendo games, any old video games you grew up with? Um, you know, it's hard to pinpoint like inspiration from one thing or the other. I'd say the closest thing to inspiration, like that, playing it now, you know, and looking at it, would probably be Fire and Ice. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah, I can see that. Like, I was thinking about it, and I've said this to Sean, too. I think if, you know, there was Solomon's Key, then there was Fire and Ice. And I think if they would have went on with the series, like another one on the NES like that, that was actually a uh, full-blown adventure, Mm -hmm. I I think the Mad Wizard would have been a good fit with the style and the movement. I, I feel like it's in that vein, you know. Definitely. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that. Um, now I, I'm kind of curious. The um, you've mentioned kind of this other game that's been a more theory, and I remember reading I think like on your Facebook. You know, initially when you're talking about this candelabra stuff, you were showing pictures of another game, right? That yes, you've, you've referenced. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the Mad Wizard is the first in the series that actually has made it to release, right? Yes. So, can you can you tell the listeners a little bit about what your overarching idea is behind this, and kind of what this series is is meant to be? Sure. Um, it's going to be uh, a big story, is what it is. Uh, initially, it was going to be just this 3D maze game, uh, Candelabra Stasero, with the heroes Han, Hubs, and Heckle being led by their god Zekrom. You know. And, uh, just, you know, kind of a simple game. And then the more we, uh, me and Sean talked, you know, we were like, well, what if we ever did some other Candelabra games? And then we talked a little more and talked a little more and, uh, decided what if we told the story of these three heroes before this adventure? (laughs) So, so we decided to start with the, the wizard, Heckle. Uh-huh. And then uh we'll be doing Hubs will be the uh next hero we do <clears throat> and then Han will be the last one. 
that will be the first part of the trilogy, the, the first trilogy. Oh, okay. This is pretty ambitious. All right. And uh, there, there's a second trilogy. Wow. And during the first trilogy, there's a different kind of trilogy that's going on, which <laughs> we're, we're getting ready to release one of those coming up pretty soon. Yeah, I think we're going to maybe touch on that in a little bit. But um, getting back to this uh, Estosero game that you've got, so is that one kind of just going to sit until these other three are kind of lined up and ready to go? Uh, is that just kind of going to float out there for a little while? Absolutely. Okay, but <laughs> but maybe still to come, right? It's still out there. It's, oh, it, it, yeah, it's it's going to come. It's I mean, the game's about 85 to 90% finished. The only thing that needs to be done is... Uh, Put the boss battles in there, uh, the intermission screens, which are just single screens, uh, one of which is already done. All the bosses are already drawn up, we just don't have the battles, and uh, an ending. Awesome. So it, tell us about, I mean, I, I know it's not ready for release, not soon, but is it more like an RPG style? It's, it's what I, I like to coin an action dungeon crawler. Okay. Um, the way it's controlled is it kind of like Smash TV two controllers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, you've got us interested already when you said yep. Smash TV. <laughs> uh, it's not like Smash TV. Though. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay, it's all, all right. We love just just say Smash TV. We're excited. Yes, it, that excites me too. Honestly, <laughs> I love Smash TV. <laughs> but uh, uh, but it, you hold the two controllers sideways like that. And you control all three heroes while you're in battles. But you have to go through this 3D maze, find things, uh, try and power up before you get to the boss. Yeah, if you get to a boss too early, you know, you probably won't make it, <laughs> make it through. <laughs> or if you do, the next floor is going to be pretty, pretty tough. <laughs> um, but uh, all the battles in the game are Basically, they're always the same. Like, not not the people you fight, the places where you get in a fight are always going to be the same. But it's random, randomized uh, what kind of enemies they are. Okay. And so in this way, people can learn the game and actually play through it quickly once they learn it. But a good, a good game that rewards skill, right? Pretty much. Good it has deal. a, uh, you know, the... The, the battle system is something that people at first are going to be, I'm confused, I'm confused, you know, I have to block with the left and hit with the right with this character. And, but then once you correlate it with the characters on the screen, it, it kind of becomes second nature. Cool. Very interesting. <laughs> well, we'll look forward to that one, right? Yeah, if, I hope so. It piques my interest. <laughs> <laughs> Duke um, was also curious about your 1K series, I know. He's wondering if um, you're ever going to do a little, little compilation of those things. You're going to ask my question for me. I'm right. going to ask your question for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, though. Um, uh, I've, I've thought about putting them all as one. Uh, right now, what we're doing is uh, putting one as a bonus game in each game, hidden. Awesome. Uh, the Mad Wizard has one. Oh, awesome. Um, <laughs> Uh, the Rise of Amundus has one. Um, has anyone found this hidden thing yet that you know of? Uh, people have posted about it, yes. Yes. Uh -oh. okay. Is the secret out there or no? 
Uh, somewhat. Uh, all all you have to do is read the game, the in-game manual. Just oh, just okay. look through there. All right. The the <laughs> secret is right under your nose. Is it? Yes. You read. Is that it? Okay. All right. Um. Well, that's pretty cool then, because it's the, I like this little idea of like here's just a bunch of little simple games, um, and then even be something fun that because like that's what I like about a lot of NES games is they're quick. You can get in, you can get out. You know, you got 15 minutes to play something. Great if you really want to go through and beat the tar out of something. Mm-hmm. Invest a couple hours in some of these other games, but um, that kind of little idea of going in and just banging a few things out just because you got a few minutes and it sounds like fun. Uh, that's kind of appealing to me. You know what I mean? Just to go in and go, okay, I'm just going to play this for... I got 20 minutes before bed or something. Right, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, definitely. It's it's kind of like how I how I play the 2600. You know? <laughs> exactly. They just uh, get, get all the games out. They're sitting there and just grab one, put it in, play it for about probably five minutes, <laughs> take yep. it out and put the next one in, you know? <laughs> just do that for a couple hours, actually. <laughs> Yeah, because um, like we talked a little bit before off air, I mean, having kids, sometimes you don't have a lot of this time. So sometimes it's nice just to just you can just pop something in. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes even going back to my old favorites. I know that if I sit down for a couple hours or something, I could beat it. But I just want to play it for a few minutes, get the feel, and then I'm good, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like I, I probably could sl- slog through Ninja Gaiden again, but, uh, you know, I'll get to the level where I start dying a few times. I'm like, okay, I'm good for right it's now. It's funny that you mentioned that because a lot of times that would be my time killer. Like when we're getting ready to go somewhere, you know, uh, my wife, Missy, would still be getting ready. So I just put in Ninja Gaiden and play yeah, that. Right? And, you know, 10 minutes go by. She's like, I'm ready. I'm like, okay, turn it off and let's go. <laughs> Because there's something that's so reassuring about that, just that muscle memory that's burned into you where you just know the game backwards and forwards. It just And it's just a pleasure to go back to it, right? Yes, absolutely. It's like an absolutely. old friend that you can just, <laughs> a little piece of your childhood that you can just bring back anytime that you like. Except you have a beer with them. <laughs> right? <laughs> They've grown up enough to drink. <laughs> yes. <with you. laughs> it's like, sit down, Mega Man. We're going to have some fun. <laughs> Hope this doesn't ruin your circuitry, boy. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Definitely, right? Very good. Very good. So, tell us, um, you you mentioned about this, the rise of Amandus, and I've seen some stuff that you've put out about that, and it looks like it's getting pretty close. Is that right? Oh, it's done. Okay, all right. Uh, so the only thing <laughs> the only thing that is left for it is the uh the label and the uh in the cover for the in-game manual. Wow. So all right. so different than all the other developers we've talked with because they're always like, you know, we don't have no idea, we're working on this, we're going to get like 10 projects like done or near done. Uh it's just <laughs> just go, 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 go. <laughs> yeah, that's like get you're it, on get fire. hammered out, you know. Yeah, you guys are on fire. Um, like I said, usually it's like, oh, well, I've spent the last two years. It'll be out sometime this year, maybe. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, like I said, you know, everybody has different amount of time they can do things, different yeah, schedules. Yeah. So um, I'm just blessed to have a schedule that I can actually work on it pretty pretty madly <laughs> you know <laughs> well i think we're we're also kind of blessed that you can because it keeps uh you know folks like you keep us supplied with new games which yeah uh, we appreciate very much um 
so tell us about Rise of Amandus. Tell us about what that game is like, and uh, to, you know, tell our listeners, you know, uh, a little bit about what it is, what to look forward to. All right, uh, it's going to be a little bit of a spoiler for Krabby, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to have to spoil the ending of the game. Of the, is that it? Uh, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> um, the last boss on uh, the Mad Wizard is a summoner, and his name is Amandus. Or Amandus, you know, it doesn't matter how you pronounce it. And the idea behind the rise of Amandus was to take, was to show how he took over where Heckle lives. To where you play the role of the bad guy. (laughs) And you actually go through and you play as three of the bosses in the Mad Wizard. (laughs) Interesting. uh, What it is, uh, since he's the summoner, he uh he can summon Charwit. That's that first boss. Uh huh. And it, Charwit's like an option. You know, it's like a shooter style game. Oh, I love that. You're just speaking my language. And so Charwit's <laughs> like a little option that follows you. And depending where you're on the screen, you know, he's either above you or below you to the back. You know. Nice. And uh, to go along with that is Rant. Rant, uh, General Rant. He's uh the leader of the Gargoyles. And he's one of the bosses in the Mad Wizard. And what you do with him is you're capturing goblins. Uh, the goblins weren't originally evil creatures that Heckle would have had to fight. But uh, Amadis comes in and with his couple little evil buddies. And they start capturing them and take over the Primwoods. Uh, fights the Elderwood, which... Is uh, I guess the final battle, to spoil it. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> and, uh oh. <laughs> and that's that's what Amundus does to take over the Primwoods, and that's what this game is based on. What's different about it is the collecting the goblins thing. You have a little cursor that you move around on the screen while uh, bullets are flying at you. You know, enemies are coming at you. Uh, you still have to try and collect a certain amount of goblins for each level. And then uh, after you get to the end of the level, if you don't have enough, you have to go back and do the level over. But Uh-oh. but with the same amount of goblins. So it racks up. Ah, uh, okay. But uh, we try to keep it kind of low, though, so, you know, it's not uh, too frustrating. Yeah, yeah. You want the, just, just that just right. sweet spot. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's pretty interesting. It... it uh, I feel like it's totally unique to anything I've personally played, but I'm very biased, you know, saying that. <laughs> it's your baby, <laughs> yeah. Um, so is it scrolling? Is yes. it an auto-scroller? Is it vertical? Is it horizontal? It's uh, horizontal. Horizontal auto-scrolling. Uh, okay. just levitates. Uh, he summons ravens as his, uh, quote-unquote, gunshots. Nice. Um and is there boss battles that oh, are yeah, in there, yeah. too? There's a boss at the okay. end of every level. Awesome. Um, there are four levels, and I would say only four, but uh, it's it, it, I'd put the difficulty up there a little bit to compensate for that. And, uh, <laughs> and it can wrap around, so you can keep uh, playing over and over again and rack up your score, uh, although the enemies get tougher with each go-round. Nice. That'll maybe find its way into those Nintendo Age uh, contests. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Be fun. Uh, so now that 
that Mad Wizard has been out for a while. What's what's the response been? Have you what have you heard from from people who've played it? Uh, mostly positive. Uh, let's see. You, um, said, you said mostly. Was was there some some not so positive stuff? There's always some jerks out there uh, somewhere. Right? Uh, there's you know always like well there's this and that you know uh, a lot of there's people who thought it played too slow which I agree with them. It starts off really slow until that potion. You just got to get that potion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I I agree with that. You know, uh, a lot of people didn't like the Beansy and Flurg fight, but uh, I think you always have to have one boss battle that's just like, come on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be a Nintendo game right. without it. Exactly, it's an NES title, right? right? But uh, yeah, it's it's they're been they're mostly just soft positive. on all these modern games for a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll watch. Crabby beat things like Dragon's Lair <laughs> or or uh, Jekyll and Hyde or right. something. And then I'm like, oh, okay, then, uh, yeah, nobody has anything to complain about. <laughs> uh, I think the biggest complaint was no saving. But it's not, I mean, it seems, when, like, it seems like that game where you first sit down, you're not going to beat it because of the length, but once you've learned where things are, how to get past puzzles, it's you're going to be able to do it in one sitting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, It's it only takes about... About an hour, hour ten minutes when you know what you're doing, you know. Right. And uh, I, I, I felt like if there was saving, it would have just really t- taken away from uh, a lot of the challenge and feel to it. Um, totally. It's like, have they ever played an NES game when they complained <laughs> right, about that? Exactly. <laughs> well, that's that's the hardest thing to balance is uh, trying to recreate uh, the childhood feeling of an NES game. But also yeah. compensating yeah. for the fact that everybody that had that feeling are adults <laughs> now. Right. And but you're still playing the same stuff, right? I right. mean, Ninja Gaiden is still going to kick you back a whole nother level if you die on the last boss. Too bad. Right? <laughs> I mean, that's just what happens. That's Get over true. It. That's true. <laughs> just because you got older, the game doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> It's got to be tough as a creator, right? Because you want people to like your game, but you also want to make a compelling game, right? Right. Well, that's especially in a niche market like this. I mean, you yeah. have to make the game pretty much for yourself. You know, like I want the, I want to make this game. You know, this this is what I want a game to be like. Like a lot of one of the big things that Sean and I are on is we're we're not really into games where, not that we're not into them. It's a hindrance when you have to go into a menu. Like, okay. for instance, don't, don't take me out like, uh, of the game. Is that yeah, it? Yeah, like Legend of Zelda, Metal, Metal Gear, uh-huh. great games. But you know, you have to press pause, and it pops up to a whole another screen where you have to select what card <clears throat> to go through a door. Um, Legend of Zelda, you have to press pause and switch from boomerang to your bow and arrow or your candle, you know, back and forth. Uh-huh. And it's just like, oh, this menu, it has to scroll on the screen. And and so <laughs> one, what we try to do is modernize NES controls. So like with the Mad Wizard, all the uh, magic is done right there, you know, press up and B, down and B, or up and A, or whatever it is. And that's the uh-huh. spell. There is no going into a menu to select anything. The only selection there is is uh, uh, your weapon, which is used with the select button. You know, and that's just a toggle. You know, the vertical attack mm-hmm. or the magic missile. Same with Rise of Amundus. It's got, you know, 
it's the controls are different, but it's it feels a little more modern, I think, because it's you're using buttons in a different way than you have before. Like, you know, with the new like PS3, PS4, PS2, PS1 even. In 64, you had all these different buttons, and so they could mm-hmm. make the characters do all these different things. But how do you do that on the NES? Well, you got to modernize the controls. You know? Yeah, I mean, just combinations. Right. Right? I mean, it's, you're, you're playing Castlevania, you have to press up and, yep. you know, attack to, to use a special right. weapon or whatever it right. is, right? Yep. Um, I can appreciate what you're saying, though, because it's don't take me out of the action, exactly. right? Keep the game flowing at all That's times. That's exactly, exactly it. The worst thing, I, I I never really got bothered by by switching weapons like that, but whenever I had to pull up a map, that always drove me nuts. <laughs> yeah, it's about the same thing, really, you know? Yeah, it just took me out of the game because I'm sitting there staring at this screen I didn't want to be staring at instead of playing the game. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, especially if you're doing that on NES game because the map would be this terrible little... <laughs> oh, it would be like grids and you'd be blinking in one spot. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Just terrible. Oh, I know that. What was I playing the other day that was like that? Uh, oh, I was playing Bioforce Ape, and it has this terrible map screen <laughs> that you have to try to figure out where on Earth to go, yeah. and it's just repulsive. <laughs> so e- even though Mad Wizard, you could easily have mapped that game because it, it is long and confusing in some parts, and you got to do some backtracking and go to different areas. Mm-hmm. I was happy not to have that map and just try and remember where I was supposed to go instead because I, I didn't have to stare at that blinking grid. Yeah, it's yeah I, I'm not a big fan of that either. Yeah. Uh, I think on I think I was with Symphony of the Night, but then I think every game started emulating that, and it just got old. Yeah, <laughs> you know, well, some of them too, like just get too big, and it's kind of necessary evil at some point. I, Mad Wizard's contained enough that I think you can do it all in your head. You don't need to pull out the graph paper, right? Well, I mean, I look back like. Uh... Like, Craig, when we did that, or, wait, I mean, you did it, but we did the commentary on that Legacy of the Wizard years oh, ago. Yeah, that game without a map would just be too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, something like that was ridiculously complex for an NES game where you didn't have any way to really track yourself. But, yeah. I mean, something like this is much more manageable. Like, when you say it's an hour when you know it, that, to me, is like, that's the right length of an NES game. When you've got it down, it shouldn't be much more than that, right? right? Anything more than that's probably just annoying <laughs> to some degree <laughs> um, because it's not like I'm not going to sit down at an NES and expect to play a 60 hour game and then, you know they just if, if so I don't know what on earth I'd be doing for that amount of time you'd be playing bases loaded <laughs> that's <Yes>. right Krabby <laughs> did a whole season of that why I don't know why did you do that I'm trying to finish them all if you ever if you're ever bored, uh, Krabby's got a YouTube channel where he upload. He he literally plays you know on the NES. And there's no emulators, no nothing, and he records these and uploads the videos. And they're not like speed runs; just him playing the game. Yeah, I think I've I've and stumbled on a couple of them before. You may Sweet. have. How long was your whatever like bases loaded season? Uh, I don't know. One, I think one of them, maybe the second one, got to like seventy hours or something <laughs> stupid. Wow. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> and you just kept playing. <laughs> just kept playing the same thing over the same 10 minutes on repeat. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how on earth you have much have like the patience of a saint to, to do any of that. One of my like two skills that I have. <laughs> I think that's right. Uh, amazingly handsome with uh, great with hair patience. and 
and that's, patience. That's, that's three. We got to cut one of those out. Oh. Maybe the patience just comes from being a Canadian. Is that just built in? I, I guess. Yeah, I think that's definitely <laughs> a Canadian thing. That's right. Patient and nice is, are just given if you're a Canadian. Uh, very good. Well, um, so I'm curious then, going back to Rise of Amandus, you say we're almost done. Do you, I mean, can you tell us? Could you foresee when that will actually get a release? Uh, it might be in the next month. Uh, you know, I haven't okay. discussed details in depth with uh, Retro Bunny Boy from Retro USB yet. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it, it could be... It could even be in two weeks. I don't know. You know, oh, <laughs> I mean, wow. it's it's coming up really quick. Well, I'm kind of curious. How's that process go? Do you just, um, uh, I mean, like with NES games, you know, you have to use, uh, I'm gonna guess, probably a mapper in your game, right? Uh, does does he have ones that are kind of like this is what I use in my car, and you build around that, or how's that work? Uh, now, yes. Okay. Now, yes. Uh, originally, I think he would do. Just about any of them that were available to homebrew developers, mm-hmm. um, but now he pretty much sticks with just one mapper, and uh, it's a pretty nice mapper. Uh, there's only one thing in it that I would I wish it had, which would be being able to switch mirroring uh, on the fly, kind of like you know how on Metroid you'll be, you know, it scrolls left and right, but then it'll also scroll up and down once you get into those kind of corridors. Yeah, it's like a transition from one scrolling to another. So you have to program around it because you you can only have one type of mirroring in this mapper. Uh, So, uh, yeah, that's about the only drawback to it, that you can't switch the mirroring. But uh, besides that, it works just fine. Is it a pretty easy process? Do you just go, okay, hey, I've built this around this mapper. Here's the ROM file. And he goes, great, give me X amount of time to build the cartridges, and I'll have them up on the website. Yeah, what he does, uh, he'll put it on cart and send it to you. Okay. Uh, make sh- so you can make sure it's functioning like you want it on that particular cart. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then you say yay or nay, or you throw in a fix. Uh, matter of fact, with the Mad Wizard, what happened with us... We didn't take into account overscan on televisions. So okay, yeah. <clears throat> there are parts where at the top of the screen it would look like, hey, you can just go up right here, but you can't because it was cut off by the screen. The bricks and stuff, the background was cut off. You couldn't tell. Mm. And uh, there are parts where you could go up, but you couldn't tell. So, you know, we uh, Sean came up with this idea for hanging vines off of the... Uh, limbs of trees so that way you'd see like a vine hanging down like oh okay i can go up right there you know Uh stuff like that and uh yeah because uh yeah with crts you never know exactly what kind of overscan you gotta deal with right right so wow that's gonna be out pretty soon then and then can you tell us what's next uh i think the next one is the uh the game of the heroin hubs all right. And uh, that's going to be called The Scarlet Matron, uh, A Candelabra Chronicle. All right. And, and has, has production started at all on that one? Uh, very minor. Okay. Uh, we had actually <laughs> toyed around with some stuff before the Amundus Project. Basically, it's going to be a game where more akin to like the Mad Wizard where it's screen by screen... Uh, but it's overhead. Um, 
she kind of uses a bow and arrow, uh, a glaive. She has a glaive. Oh, like uh, Krull? Yes, like Krull. Oh. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and she uh, she has this thing where uh, she can strafe fire with her, her bows. Nice. And uh, that's something we're really excited to implement, you know, stra- uh, strafing while you're firing on ground. <clears throat> it's just going to be a pretty big adventure, different uh, environments and whatnot. It's going to take place on an island in this world of candelabra that we're creating. Yeah, it it kind of it just kind of tells her story and a little bit of Hans because they're pretty much connected. Well, good deal. Uh, well, I mean, with your fast iteration cycle, maybe we'll uh, see they'll, that one they'll probably just bang it out over the weekend. And- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all right. Yeah. <laughs> we made 17 NES games yesterday. Who cares? <laughs> so I'm just kind of curious then, uh, where do you see this going? Do you think you'll just stick with this uh, Candelabra cycle for quite some time? Or are you going to kind of go like, eh, I'm a little burnt out. I need something a little different. Or, or you just kind of use your 1K series just to kind of get that other stuff out there uh we're probably going to bounce in and out of it we have so many ideas uh games with we already have like some mock-ups drawn up for stuff uh we want to work on illusion of the dead sometime that zombie game that i had originally started on a long time ago okay uh a game called penguin paratroopers (laughs) (laughs) all right um Aqua Commando. All right, we're going to make notes I mean, of all these things and see if they ever come we've, out. We've got a ton of games that we really want to make, and uh, it, it's just about doing it. You know, you just have to sit down and do it, and uh, hopefully we can, <laughs> you know. If if someone were listening to this and they said, you know what, I'd like to give a shot at making a game of my own. What what would you tell them and w- what would be your your maybe thoughts on that? Like Nike just do it. I mean, that's <laughs> that's the only advice. I I really <clears throat> I really don't know how to go about giving advice. Like I'm like when people ask for help too, like, "Hey, can you help me with this?" I'm the worst person <laughs> at explaining things. I'm I'm just like, "Uh, you do it like this." I don't know how to explain it. Just it happens, you know. <laughs> the code comes um, to me in a dream. Yes, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. You just if you want to actually make a any kind of game mm-hmm. for any system, but just you, you just have to actually do it. You have to put your mind to it and say, "Well, I I think I want to do this," and start down that path. Now, what would where would you recommend somebody go to find some information on getting started? Uh, nestdev.com and nintendoage.com. Okay, all right. Uh, Bunny Boy has those tutorials. I I was already programming well enough that I, I didn't get to use Bunny Boy's t- tutorials, but I know people who have, so obviously they're they're working decently. Uh, Nestdev, there's a lot of people who know a lot of good stuff. Uh, a lot of people there, too. Um, those are really the only two places that I, I would say, go to go there. You know. Yeah. Sometimes when I I, I see I see Mimblers from time to time, and um, his brain works on a level that's so different than mine that he's trying to tell me about these things, and I'm like, 
<laughs> I'm like, I really can't fathom half of that, but that sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he does that to me too. Yeah. He said something. I'm just like, wow. Uh, that sounds cool. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> but I would, you know, I get the end point of what you're trying to talk about, but the process you're going through to get there, yeah. I have no clue how you're doing any of this. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, hey, Mike. You know that, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. He'll talk to me like, oh, check this out. I'm making this. I'm like, that's awesome. How on earth do you just sit down and decide to, t- I'm going to just do this, <laughs> right? <laughs> yep. It's just wow. Yeah, he's like showing me like, well, uh, I'm, I've designed like this new development board for, you know, for homebrew games and all this stuff. And he's showing it to me. I'm like, that's awesome. How on earth do you do that? <laughs> I just, <laughs> how are you sitting around just going, yeah, I was watching TV and then now nah, I'm just going to make some hardware. <laughs> Yeah, I saw this cat litter commercial, and then it was followed by a Whiskers commercial. And I was like, hey, wait a second. Yeah, no this, doubt. This trace to this trace. I was like, what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think there's just that certain levels of genius that I just have to stop back and just kind of admire. Uh, and, yeah, and definitely. Like that beautiful mind kind of thing. <laughs> just go like... I totally don't understand how this process happens, but it's cool. Yeah, it's like, thank you for being you. you <laughs> yeah, know? exactly right. <laughs> I've always, yeah, I always, I just like to hear about it, even though I don't understand half the conversation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to stand around and like try to absorb little bits and pieces from time to time. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how you would put this in human speak, but let's go. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um so tell tell the listeners, everybody, if they want to go buy copies of um, the Mad Wizard and the upcoming Rise of Amandus, which may be you know relatively close to launch by the time this episode comes out. So where do people go to buy copies of the game? Uh, RetroUSB.com. Okay, and uh, can you tell folks how much a copy of the game costs? Uh, Forty dollars. Yeah, and which a steal. A, that's cart only with a sleeve. We put a manual in the game. Uh, we we haven't done boxes up to now because it we feel like it takes so much time and we just want to get our games busted out, you know. So uh, there are people that are pushing for us to do boxes, though. So <laughs> we'll see. I I don't I can't guarantee anything. Well, once you have like a whole trilogy out, you can make some weird little special sleeve to put all three in or something. Ooh. Oh, you're giving him an idea. <laughs> Somebody get a whole decker. Somebody exactly. get a hold of Uncle Tusk. Uh, <laughs> get him busy. I mean, even like to me, when you go, okay, I can get a brand new game made from all brand new parts for a classic system. Forty dollars is nothing, right? I mean, some cheap little piece of plastic CD game that you get costs sixty dollars, right? So. To get a whole cartridge, I mean, that sounds like uh, a bargain for sure. Um, and do you anticipate that the new game will probably be that price as well? Yes. Okay, great. Wonderful. So, uh, listeners, take your time, go out to Retro USB and, um, you know, track down a copy of the game, pick them up. Um, if people want to find you, um, you have a website, right? Yeah, we're at uh, slydogstudios.org. <clears throat> That's where you can find. Most of our games and like the downloadable ROMs that we have out, uh, we mainly update through social media. Okay. Which would, and how do people find you on that? On Twitter, it's at Sly Dog Studios. And Facebook is uh, facebook.com slash, I believe it's Sly Dog Studios Official. 
Well, we'll make sure to put all that stuff in the show notes. So if you're listening to this, just go take a look at the show notes. Uh, you can click right over uh, and and follow or, or like that page and then uh, check out the website as well. The um, other things I would point out is, didn't you have like a little series of almost like little mini podcasts going for a little while? Yeah, for a little while, the dog cast. Yeah, I, I listened to a couple episodes of that. Um, it's maybe been a little while, right? Oh, yeah. It's probably been a couple years now. Yeah, I want to say, I, I think I picked a couple of that up. But is that still available on your site? I believe they're still all up, yeah. Awesome. So if you want to go back and check that stuff out, uh, they can. Because remember, you did those. I listened to a, It's been a while, but uh, I listened to a few of those. Uh, just kind of get a flavor for what you were doing at the time, which was interesting. Uh, I'm I'm not a programmer by trade, but I think it's a, an interesting to listen to what goes on in the thought process <laughs> that's involved. Yeah, that was one of those things where I was like, yeah, who's really going to listen to this? I don't know. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. So other people must have, too. Unless uh, you were sure. the only downloader. <laughs> <laughs> you have the numbers. I don't. This is when you're supposed to inflate them to make yourself feel better. Well, good. Uh, any other information you'd like to put out there you'd like people to know? If you like NES games and uh, you, you like a unique twist, uh, unique play controls, that's what we're into trying to attempt with these games. So uh, check us out. Yeah, absolutely. I would highly encourage all of our listeners to go pick up a copy of the game, 40 bucks, you know, a brand new game, uh, support your homebrew devs, because if not, you don't keep these guys going, they're not going to keep making games for you. What are you going to do, right? It was definitely worth the price of entry. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, and I'm sure once Krabby cracks the code, he'll have a YouTube <laughs> video <laughs> of that one. Uh, but don't just watch it. You got to go play it, right? It's, watching is not the yep. same thing. Well, we'd like to take a minute to to thank you very much, Rob, for taking time to come on the show. We appreciate that. No, no, thanks for having me. Absolutely, it's been a blast. <laughs> yeah, and you know, maybe in the future when you've got um, some other titles coming down the pipe, and we could bring you back on to talk about those. Um, we like to keep a pretty open door on those. So um, if you ever want to come back and just ch- chat about another title you're putting out, you're more than welcome to do that. You know how to get a hold of me. Awesome, sounds good. So I guess I'll be getting a hold of you next week, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we do we do a monthly show, so it, it may have to be a little more spaced out than that. We'll just but, talk about three three games coming out at once in the next show. <laughs> <laughs> but we're definitely, um, you know, uh, uh, ourselves and a lot of our listeners, um, you know, like it or not, we're kind of NES centric guys, so um, we're happy to kind of promote the hobby. Right on. All right. Well, thanks again, and uh, maybe we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you much. Hi, this is Single Banana. And this is Fleech. We're from the RF Generation Playcast, here to invite you to join RFGeneration.com and team up with us in our monthly playthroughs of some of your favorite retro and modern games. Each month we pick two games one classic and the other more current, and work our way through them as a group. Our playthroughs are fun and easygoing and a great part of our wonderful online community. Join whichever playthrough you like, or if you're daring enough, join us for both. In the past, we've played retro classics like Chrono Trigger, The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, Super Metroid, Parasite Eve, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, Suikoden 1 and 2, Shining Force, and Fantasy Star. And our modern playthrough has included such hits as Tomb Raider 2013, Shadow of the Colossus, Eco, Alan Wake, The Last of Us, Fragile Dreams, 
Mirror Mass of the Demon Blade, Batman Arkham Asylum, and Origins, just to name a few. We talk about each of these games on the forums, and the playthrough hosts, Single Banana, Grey Ghost 81, Disposed Hero, and myself, take to the air each month to discuss them in our podcast, the RF Generation Playcast. During this podcast, the four of us get together to go over the ins and outs of each game and give our two cents on them. We also usually ask RF Gen members to join the show. Who knows, maybe our next on-air guest will be you. So create a free account on RFGeneration.com today and get access to the world's largest online video game collector's database. While you're there, click on the Community Playthroughs link under the Video Game Generation headline on the forums to find our playthroughs and join us in playing some incredible classics and those that will soon be. If playing games with good friends and knocking out your pile of shame isn't what you're into, but you enjoy video game discussions, be sure to check out and download our podcast on Podomatic at rfgenerationplaythroughs.podomatic.com or search for us on YouTube, iTunes, and Stitcher. You can also stay up to date on the games we're playing and get our thoughts on other video game related news by following us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening, and now back to our good friends at the Collector Cast. All right, well, thanks everybody again for joining us for another episode of the Collector Cast. Bill Krabby, thanks for, for coming on, doing some time. That's good. Sorry I missed the last show. I was glad to be back. Well, no, yeah, it's, uh, it's glad to have you in the interview. Sorry you couldn't make it to the interview, Bill. Uh, next time we'll we'll get you yeah, in on that one. No, I'm sorry I uh, wasn't able to make that one, but uh, I'm sure it turned out great. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Um, well, uh, you know, as usual, a couple different places you can find us, right? So, Bill, where can people get the show? AltaVista.com. No, that's wrong. GeoCities. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the answer is still no. <laughs> that was a very archer delivery. <laughs> Pretty sure the answer is no and shut up. <laughs> uh I'm gonna go with rfgeneration.com. I think you could change that more to a statement instead of a question. Okay. Yes. RF generation. He's just reading off the teleprompter. Oh sorry. <laughs> Somebody needs to finish their their teleprompting better. <laughs> Crabby, where else? Uh, the podcast pickle. Podcast pickle. Ooh, I don't know what their theme song this is. Time. Um, you can get us on collectorcast.com. Bill, where else? Well, the collectorcast.com also has the RSS feed, but if you're not into the RSS feediness, you can just go Facebook and the Twits. You could. I like talking to people there. Maybe someday I'll get the other guys to talk to you too. <laughs> yeah. Mea culpa. That day will probably be in October. <laughs> when when Duke Kansas when I'm phone. physically uh, with you, here, you can make me do it. <laughs> here, answer this real quick. Hello. <laughs> I get so many nice comments and everything. That's why I feel bad. Like all you people that that send nice messages, like, oh, I love the show. Da, 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 da. I have to like manually copy and paste I, these messages. Bill, to let something me just else. assume everybody hates the show because we yeah, don't hear. Any I feedback. never hear. I don't get PMs anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so I always feel bad. I'm like, I'm sure Bill and Kevin was like, well, what a waste of time this is or something. But uh, <laughs> I, I get these messages. I'm like, okay. Yeah, Chris so. says, I get all this great feedback. I'm like, really? Does he really get that? Yeah. And I, because these jerks won't check the social media. But anyway, where else? Krabby? Um, yep. well, I like to watch on the YouTube. YouTube. 
I'm pretty sure that's the jingle for that one, too. Bill? <laughs> uh, and make sure to uh, check out Zero Punctuation while you're there. It's pretty funny stuff. Um, we said all of the regular things. Did we say uh, uh, Stitcher? I, we didn't. Stitcher Smart Radio. That's right. And if uh, somebody else was also inclined to love apps, what other kind of apps could we be found on? Well, you could just go to the podcast app on iTunes. You can. iTunes.com, I think, still actually works. So, Does it really? Yeah, and the, the app podcast it's, app. It's it's probably get, it's probably got a redirect. I think so. That's fancy. And if what if you, gotta, you had you got you got to have JavaScript installed though. What if you had like an Android device? Maybe you would like the Podomatic app. Uh, you, you mean the Elitist app? I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, because you know you're an Android user, so. Oh, I see. They think they're better than other people. Is that they it? sure do. No, they don't. I love all of our <laughs> listeners on Android. <laughs> <laughs> you can also get the Podomatic app for i uh, for iOS. Uh, and um, what if you had one of those Windows phones? Uh, like my father-in-law, who's probably listening. Yes. Oh, so he's going to get mad if I don't mention this. Um, he created an account on RFGeneration.com for the sole purpose of commenting on our podcast uh, threads. <laughs> did he comment? And then he forgot his password and can't figure out how to reset it. Oh, you can help him so with that. So I told him I would mention it to some of the site admins. So I'm mentioning it here, <laughs> hoping that it will magically resolve itself. I'll, I'll find out what his, uh, what his username is and see if uh, maybe Shadow can help us with that. All right. I'll also remind everybody, we're talking about places you can find the show. Places you can find us. <laughs> it's now 4.54 in the a.m. But again, what, like uh, Windows Store, right? Whatever the Windows Store thingamajig. Yes, WindowsZooneMarketplace.com. I don't know what any of that means, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but please, let people know you like the show. Tell people about it. Yeah, come see us at the Retro World Expo. We will sign your VHS copies of Sleepers. Bring all the silent services yeah. that you have. <laughs> all of the, the servies. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And if you happen to have ridiculous amounts of cash and you'd like to absolve yourself of that for some reason, you can also donate to the show. You know, just go to CollectorCast.com, click on the PayPal donate button. We'll take all your monies and uh, put them in account for paying the bills. Yep. Right after you purchase Killer Queen with your ridiculous amount of money. <laughs> Buy seven Killer Queens, send us a few, <laughs> then donate to the show. Yes. How's that? In that order. It doesn't right. count if it's not in that order. <laughs> all right. Well, until next time, uh, we'll catch you soon. Mm-hmm.